0: Okay. Live from quarantine, from five different locations, it's the
1: Ring Crew. Yay! All right. Yes. Finally, humans. Oh, humans.
0: Yeah, oh. people.
1: <laughs> Although,
0: people, uh, from my vantage point, you all look like you're in cages,
2: so... Uh, we I are know. in cages. <laughs> How did you not... Know? You didn't know this already?
0: Well... We are the ring crew. We haven't, we found a way back to you people because it's important that we need to discuss wrestling. You need to hear us discuss wrestling. And in case you didn't know, I'm Ira. I'm from circling the drain with us as usual, Larry Mormon from talking more wrestling.
1: What's going on, everyone? So happy to be back. Ready to finally talk WrestleMania. Oh wait, no, that was the last topic. (laughs) We missed that one. We're ready to go.
0: Uh, we've got Steve Rabinowitz, better known as Pickles, from our show, but also from On the Sports Lines.
1: And everything else. By the
2: way, we could talk WrestleMania 37, since that's probably closer to now than WrestleMania 36 actually is. It is. <laughs> Just about. One show
0: at a time. <laughs> from Circling the Drain, my cohort, Mr. Sean Radford. Woo-hoo! hey what's up guys coming through talking about some wrestling wearing an old
3: ass TNA t-shirt talking about the WWE mostly but uh yeah we're gonna have a really good time and it's gonna be funny and chaotic because everything gets funny and chaotic when you start talking wrestling but uh yes uh, diagonally across we have the other sean that's on the show the law is being laid down by the one and only sean law what's going on what's going on
1: and you see it signed I
3: see, uh, I see. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I see slight signature. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: I should have worn my mask. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh,
0: I remember from last time. We yep.
4: <laughs>
0: well, ladies and gentlemen, this time we're going to discuss the 33rd edition of SummerSlam, which took place on Sunday, August 23rd. From Orlando's Amway Center, which of course is now called the Thunderdome.
2: Uh, yes. Who <laughs> runs <Yes>. Bata Town?
0: <laughs> it kinda looks like the Thunderdome right now. Uh, you know, just <laughs> boxes and-
1: five it's- men enter, one man leaves. I see no KK <laughs> members, no Crispin Waz, and no one <laughs> masturbating. I don't believe you. <laughs>
0: oh you left out down uh, fire velveteen dream. Yes, oh, yes. Yes, yes. Well, apparently there were two people banging
3: on Raw as well.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, I missed that I one. Didn't, I, didn't I mean, that's hard, why I so watched.
3: I didn't get to, didn't get to <laughs> slow play through all the Thunderdome clips. But, yeah, apparently uh, two people were naked as Jaybird showing their love.
1: Oh, man. Well, if you tell me what match, <laughs> I'll go back on the DVR. So, uh, And I'll be in the Thunderdome for payback. So if you need me to oh, promote anything, yeah. you know, my fee is reasonable, and we'll talk afterwards.
0: Okay, yeah, we got to get our, our uh, logo in the back of you somehow. Uh, <laughs> but does anybody else feel uh, – do what I do when you're watching the Thunderdome now? Sometimes you're not watching the match. You are looking behind them at all the screens to see what you can spot? Um, initially,
3: yes. There were points during SummerSlam where uh, the match was kind of meh. So, you know, you just started focusing and you're like, oh, it's Hogan. Hey, look at Macho Man what the hell is that red and black dude right there with the dark screen behind him? Mm-hmm. So you just kind of did kind of focal point on it, but, like, with the bigger matches, when they did pick up, I kind of just felt that it added a cool ambiance to it, and it just didn't feel like we were wrestling in somebody's basement. But, well, it gives
1: it, it that moment. splash of color that you're used to seeing in the background of, like, yeah. it, lo- it, it doesn't look like an audience. It looks like a literal video game match where it's just, like, it's just kind of that static movement in the background, mm-hmm of just like, oh, there's just some colors and shapes moving that makes it look like an audience. And I I think you don't
2: get what you saw in the Performance Center for four-plus months when you go to the Thunderdome and actually feels like it's a real arena because it's in a real arena. And even though you still have the video wall fans, you get somewhat of an upgrade from what you've seen over the past four months. And I think the WWE goes away from a state of we're ashamed to put this stuff in here to okay we can actually start building storylines now so i think it helps
1: every single cause i'm actually really curious about your decision because we haven't had this conversation on air how do you guys feel about aw versus wwe handling what happened um you know it, it in the beginning you know obviously no one knew what to do it was completely new, especially yeah. when they when WWE first went into the into the PC um, with no crowd. Um, real quick, you know, WrestleMania was just odd to watch because there was no crowd. But eventually, I got used to the no crowd. Then AEW brought in the wrestlers as their crowd, uh, which gave it a bit more of like that background noise. Gave it that good background noise, which I didn't mind. But I think it still kind of boiled down to how things were handled. Plus, AEW, they were – I think they were live for the most part during Mm -hmm. this whole time. WWE being taped, so obviously they were going to be behind a little bit because it went from no audience – to the, to the, putting up the parkades um, the the glass and having the uh, NXT people in the audience. So of course it looks like they're, they're copying AEW, but I think for the most part, everyone did what they had to do. Um, I'm not really gonna say one did better than the other. Um, I just felt bad for the Indies. You know, obviously the indie scenes was, was the ones that suffered the most, even though they're going to start coming back, but I got used to it. I got used to the no crowd. Then I got used to, okay, it's the wrestlers. But now, AEW um, is bringing a live audience in. Granted, only like 10% of the, of the building. But they're bringing in a live audience. And now with the Thunderdome, um, you know, you're right. It brings in a little bit more that we're getting back to, to normalcy, quote-unquote. The only thing that bugs me about the Thunderdome is that piped-in crowd noise.
0: Yeah, Actually, it I enjoy the like <laughs> in crowd noise. Really? I okay think it it does give it a little more normalcy. Like we said, everybody's doing the best they can. Uh, It's hard to say, like, well, they should have done this, they should have done that, because you don't really know everything that goes into making the show. Uh, I'm sure the pyro guys in WWE are real happy to be back to work. They're (laughs) popping that stuff everywhere. Yep. Um, I enjoy do seeing, instead of – it did look like an indie show for a while when they are at the Performance Center. Oh, yeah. It's like, here they are. They come out and they're in the ring. And there's nothing to be done around it. It's, good. it's better, but it's not great. But I think it will get there eventually.
1: I think just real quick to... to uh, Sean, I know, I'm sorry. there was, uh, uh, so. was a delay. But, um, you know, just to talk about... I hate, you know, trust me, and everyone knows we all love wrestling. That's why we're doing this. But I got to say not having a live crowd with their chance that sometimes takes away from the match or, or booing a match for no reason. I liked like if there was a live crowd, Tamina would not have gotten a women's championship match at money in the bank because they would have booed her out of the ring. And I think she deserved that shot. So in a way, you know, it's kind of me kind of biting the hand that feeds me. I'm like, I kind of like not having a real crowd Cause real quick because I was watching the first Universal Championship match from SummerSlam a few years ago, Rollins and Balor. Yeah. And I, I was there and I forgot for half the match, people were booing the brand new belt. They weren't even paying attention <laughs> to the to the match. So.
2: Yeah, but the problem is I think with no live crowd is you don't get like the moments that you want to get. Like Drew McIntyre winning the crowd in front of an empty performance center It didn't ruin him. I think he did a good job trying to build, but you don't have that special WrestleMania-type moment. Edge wrestled his first match in front of an empty crowd, so that kind of ruined the moment a little bit. At least he got to debut in front of a live crowd at the Rumble. I think seeing these moments of shock, especially what you're going to see now in the Thunderdome, and we'll obviously talk about some of the shocking moments we've just Mm -hmm. seen, they feel a little, I want to say, hollow. They feel a little hollow, and there's something more that you can see with it. And it, it's not going to ruin Drew McIntyre's career that he won in front of an empty crowd, but you're definitely going to look and say, when we get through everything, whether it be two years from now or one year from now or when we look back at history, to be like, Drew McIntyre won the title at WrestleMania. Yeah, but... Yeah, but it was the COVID year. I- Straight up, Drew's
3: Drew's title run was written and set in stone before this whole shit happened. So he would have done all of these clean wins and everything like that, whether it was in front of a crowd or not. The sheer fact that he's taking the ball and he's running with it and he's doing every single thing that he did on the indie scene that established him from some whack-ass third member of the three-man band to being (laughs) this six-foot-tall, you know, six-foot-something-tall monster of a man. He even said it. He goes, I'm not the top of the mountain. I am the mountain. This dude has taken just just done everything he possibly can to prove what he knew he was able to do. And he's running with it. And he's been winning like the big ones, too. And whether it's in front of a crowd or not, it's still there. It's still recorded. It's still something that we'll be able to watch for years. And this run, again, in front of people or not, I think is stronger than half the than half the heavyweight champions in the last 10 years. Like, you know, okay, you know, so you get every member of the Shield catching the title. Yeah, they did all right. I love Ambrose. You know, he ran with it. Roman did his thing. Rollins is whatever. Um, But really everything that drew is saying and doing and even calling randy out and orton, or, on randy orton out on his bs <laughs> from stuff he did from years and years ago okay he's Uh-oh. making it in stride and really doing something important right now like you know on top of us not being able to see it live and being like you know it just being like a theatrical piece almost at this point this really is a historical title run that okay. not as many of us are seeing which is really kind of sad but he's—I I still think he's doing what he's doing as best as he possibly can.
0: Well, let's let's get into all this, and we'll get to the uh, Orton McIntyre match. But let's start off. We'll do the card in order of appearance. Started off with the pre-show, which was uh, Apollo Cruz, the champion, taking on MVP with the Hurt Business band from ringside for the Intercontinental title. Larry,
1: what do you think? Um, I, I enjoyed the match. You know, it was a good kickoff match. Um, I, first of all, I like the redesigned U.S. title uh, very much. I, I mean, I like the original one, but this new design is good. Uh, I'm happy to see MVP being used. I was kind of thought maybe they would just move him to a managerial role, but he's in there. But he's kind of like a wrestler manager, so like you don't expect him to win. But Apollo Crews and MVP, they can go. And I like Apollo Crews. Always have, always will. So, I enjoy. it. I think it was a good kickoff, good way to start the evening. Sean Law, what do you got? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we had to watch the pre-show. I thought we were just talking about the match. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to pass on that. I didn't get an opportunity to watch the pre-show. But that being said, Apollo Cruz is the shit.
0: Okay. Uh, Sean? Radford. Yeah, I didn't
3: see that match either. Uh, I was I was uh traveling with my friend's house. <laughs> so yes, oh, work, sure guys.
4: Oh, I was busy That's waiting. Oh,
3: I was waiting on the drive through line at Taco Bell to be honest while that match was going down. So, you know, it was a long line. I, you know, uh, right? got to catch the important things. So.
1: From like seven PM on, Taco Bell forget it. Yeah. you gotta pre-order.
4: <laughs> I am just going to go ahead and point yeah.
1: to WWE shows are too fucking long.
4: Well, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, well no, there's there's one. Was three hours.
3: It changed the time. But it, if like if seven. we include
1: the pre-show, it's what five hours? No, no. SummerSlam no. was under three hours. Summer yeah. Slam
3: was only from yeah, front, front to back. SummerSlam was two, like about two hours and forty-five minutes, because that shit started at seven o'clock. Yeah, but what's the pre-show? Is ten, it pre-show was like a half hour? Really? Like, pre-show yeah, an, hour.
1: oh, an hour. Oh, I was expecting a two-hour, like like pre-show. No, they would still,
3: yeah. But it looks like they're changing their schedule as far as everything's going too because of the si- situation. I have no, no fucking excuse.
1: I, honestly, I just passed <laughs> the pre-show because I'm like, well, this is probably two hours of just fluff. I don't need to watch. Moving on to the what is probably... I haven't been watching wrestling, so I came back for SummerSlam. I watched WrestleMania and it killed me. And so when you guys were like, hey, come back for SummerSlam, I was like, fuck it, yeah, I'll watch it. And I th- I just, quick, I thought the show was great, but like, yeah, I haven't been keeping up.
2: Okay, well, yeah, I can't go- wait for, um, uh, uh, Never mind. go ahead. I thought the match was good for what it was, which was a seven to eight minute, I would say sprint. I think their match on Raw that they had initially was a bit better. Uh, I think these are two amazing stories, by the way, that, are two of the only real development stories in that WrestleMania to SummerSlam time. Look at Apollo, who was almost nowhere on the map, and then he goes to be US champion. I think I would rather have Apollo in the Shelton Benjamin role in the Hurt Business. I think it could really add a new layer to his character, but whatever. Not a big deal. I think Apollo is more comfortable as a face. I think I love the Hurt Business. I love the Hurt Business. I'm hoping we are going to see more of them in a main event type role. I can see them being in the main event each week going up against the big face at the time, whether it be Drew McIntyre, whether it be Edge when he finally comes back. I think the Hurt Business, I know it's based off of what Lashley and MVP were doing in TNA. But yeah, I hidden. think they're doing a really good job, and it's a real different stable from what we've seen over the past five years in the WWE, and I really hope it continues. It's one of the best parts of Raw for me every week. Bradford?
3: Yeah, um, uh, the uh, the TNA version, it was called the BDC, the Beatdown Clan. It was um, MVP, uh, Bobby Lashley, Kenny King.
2: Low key um, was part of it at low times. Key
3: for a hot second until uh you know, and then Drew showed up in TNA and hit him with a pipe and almost cut his ear off. Uh if you <laughs> look up that video, he's literally splicing blood because Drew cut oh. him from here to here and he there had to get like 12, 13 stitches putting it back on. But uh yeah, it was uh it was a cool run, but much like you know, TNA, it's a it's a match in a bucket of water, it's like, hey, this is great, <laughs> done, and it's over. But you know, so wow. I mean it was it was a cool idea and I like how they took that idea. Or even I would say so much as he took that idea and kind of said, hey, I tried this here. It sort of worked, but didn't get the steam. Can we go this way? And, you know, starts his own faction of heels. Like, I would love to see them add a few more members. You know, get rid I of sure one, will. bring back two, add a tag team, something like that, you know, like turn it into really something and just, you know, focus on it. But, yeah, I, I like MVP. I always have, like, you know, I, just I, his attitude yeah. and style and everything is just, you know,
0: balling. <laughs> Since they don't have uh, their entire roster of superstars out there, the fact is that they are trying new things. Like, uh, like Steve said, now Apollo actually gets a run. They said, let's see what you can do. They put the Hurt Business together. They gave this to MVP, and he has run with it. I think they have so many avenues they could do. Uh, mm-hmm. As Sean said, I'm pretty sure that they are going to add members. Uh, you could see them. And we'll talk about it later in Shane McMahon's uh, after party there. uh, Raw Underground. Raw Underground. Um, They're dominating there. So they have a lot to do and they are really running with it. So I, and again, and I'm going to say this about a couple other people. They, I believe, have transcended to where they don't need a title to be important. To be a main event star, you don't always need the title.
4: Oh, and yeah. I think
0: that group is good, and you can put them in and out of the title uh, card, and it will work either way. So I think that was good. Now, hopefully, everybody has seen the other matches. So we go. Yes. to talk It was, was really long. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be
3: honest. Like, I was there for a long time. So I don't know how good I'm going to No, I thought the actual hope that crunchy burrito ratio. was good. I was not, I was that privy too, but you
2: know. <laughs> that line was about three and a half matches long. <laughs> Listen, if you think I'm, <laughs> just cut, if you know. anyone
1: in the world thinks I'm missing Bailey versus Asuka, they're out of their fucking mind. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: Well, since he just brought it up, we had Bailey as the champion faking, uh, taking on Asuka for the SmackDown Women's title uh, with, of course, you know, the Golden Roll models were there, so Sasha was right by her side. And, um, uh, Sean Law, why don't you tell us then? Since you oh, it's so the best match
1: ever, period, done. It's <laughs> the best.
0: Go back and watch it on sure. the network over and over and over and over again. Right,
1: right. Yeah, because yeah, no. Bailey's the best, Asuka's the best, so, like, it's it, it was great. I mean, what more can you say about it? It opened with, like, it, it felt like a real fight. It's one of those things that I love about wrestling, Where it's, like, the reason why I love Shayna Baszler and Asuka and of the wrestlers that I like is like, I go, oh shit, this looks dangerous. Oh shit, this <laughs> is exciting. Uh, you know, that's the, you, you get that tingle of like, it's it's like a daredevil fucking, it's like watching uh, Evil Knievel do something crazy. You're like, oh fuck, what's about to happen? And Oscar versus Bailey was it that. And even though it was like, it opened with like an arm bar, if I remember correctly, it, it still felt like, oh shit what's gonna happen and they were constantly going back to things and building and it told a really great story and it built on into the sasha match and things were brought back and i think it was just fucking genius it was pure genius simple period dot i'm done
0: hey larry uh what did you think obviously they knew that they were going to get sasha involved how did you think that that they worked that was it correct
1: uh, yeah, I think the whole thing worked out. Well, you had like two stories going on at once. Obviously, you have Asuka, who was vying for both the SmackDown and Raw titles. So you knew no matter what, you were getting Sasha and uh, Asuka later on. Almost had like that WrestleMania 10 feel, where uh, no matter what happened, Bret was still taking on Yokozuna at the end for the title. Um, and then you have this other storyline of the Golden Role Models and where that's going. Um, you know Bailey always throwing Sasha into matches sasha 's starting to throw Bailey into matches, so that rift between the two of them and knowing that Oscar had one more match coming up, you know Sasha would want the match to go longer to soften up Oscar for later. Um, obviously, Bailey would want uh, sasha. To, to help her to retain the title. Uh, yes, I thought, much like uh, Sean said, I thought the match was solid. I think it was a great match to start off with. Um, mm-hmm. You figured it was going to happen because they needed Oscar to give her some time, you know, to rest right. up for Sasha. But, uh, you know, this heel Bailey since last year has been phenomenal. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, you're always waiting for that riff with the Golden Role models, which looks like it was coming, then it was going away, then it was coming back. So, and we'll talk a little bit more about that during the Raw women's match. But I thought this match was solid. Um, Bailey hung with Asuka, which was great. And Asuka, like Sean said, Asuka, even though her her winning streak is long gone, I still think she's dominant in the ring, okay. and um, you know, really, not much can go up against her.
2: Okay, Steve. Uh, so first of all, if you would tell me a year ago what role Bailey you would remember Bailey as, I think you would just. Not never think that Bailey would be such a good heel and she is. And I think again, one thing that I'm going to mention a lot is she's having fun with the role because her and Sasha love being, I'll say this right now, bitches, which is essentially what their role is. They're really good and they really just kick your ass. Uh, I will talk about Oscar a little bit later because obviously we have a, we can say a lot about Oscar. I thought the match was great. I thought the fact that I know they just wrestled on Raw two weeks prior, but the fact that they went submission for submission is yes. really really awesome. And if you've seen the Bailey Oscar matches of past, uh, and uh, specifically I'm talking about Takeover 2006, yeah. Um, you'll know that it's a little bit jeez you'll know that it's a little bit different uh, a little over four years later from what you've seen back then both have grown so much as wrestlers that they really put on a really good storyline and they really put on a really good match to start it off I wish it could have gone longer I understand why they didn't go longer but to me it's the best non-main event match of the night Hell yes. Radford, uh, do you want to
0: give us a review of the match, or how was your burrito? Joe, sure, Joe, sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh,
3: two sides to every fence match was all right. Yeah. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, it was. It, it was cool. It, it was decent. I'm not the biggest fan of Bailey. I'm really.
1: boo this you know. man! Yeah, hey,
3: whatever. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna add to that fury. She feels like a Make-A-Wish kid that wanted to be a wrestler, got over her disease, and became one.
4: So very
3: oh, wow. good for her. Awesome, awesome. Jesus. Um, Oscar is a big old badass. Every match I've ever seen her have was awesome, and uh, yeah. you know, led to it. Um, I'll get a little bit more into it with the next match. But uh, yeah, very yeah yeah okay. You know, I've seen I've seen some women's matches that are blow your doors off, five stars end all be all you want to introduce somebody to wrestling show them this match that match was very okay
0: all right fair enough Um, i agree with uh with steve uh i love seeing submission for submission i love seeing a technician go against a technician you know what they're doing they're amazing as a matter of fact uh i'm going to bring this up later on when we discuss a match later on that really was just the opposite of this (laughs) uh I, I don't think Asuka can do anything wrong. Bailey's character turn, while a little annoying, yes, they're good at being bitches. She, uh, if I hear ding dong one more time, I may take a flight out there with a lead pipe and take her leg out. <laughs> but yeah. other than that, and
2: she's done her job. I mean,
0: really,
3: really <laughs> with Bailey, writing. though, truth yeah. be told, they had to get her away from those inflatable arm flailing tube men. It yes. was way too long, too far gone. It was nice when she showed up, and it was fun, and it made it adventurous and shit, but eventually it got really old really quick, and they just, I, I'm glad they heel turned her. I think she's a great heel. I like that oh, whole, yeah. you know, light and dark side of the force and stuff that she's doing, and you know, with the new haircut and everything like that. She is the Omega carrot. The ma- yeah, I mean, the match <laughs> itself was, uh, was uh, blase. I would, I would say three stars at the most, but, right. you know, each his own.
1: I agree with that assessment, but I, I give it a three plus, not a three minus. You'd give it, like, eight stars <laughs> okay. if you could.
2: Okay. Yeah, also, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> three to eight. Okay, there's a range. <laughs> okay, moving on. We want the smoke for the Raw Tag Team Champions. The Street Profits against Andrade and Garza uh, with, of course, Zelina. I have been looking forward to this for a while.
4: Mm-hmm. Tag
0: team wrestling is, is my favorite. Uh, I am so sad that FTR actually is somewhere else now. And, uh, there are, oh. you know, and the Usos got hurt. And it's like they, they built up this great tag division and then they broke them apart. So it's nice to see. I like the Street Profits. And I like um, Andrade. And Garza is the incarnation of Eddie Guerrero. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: It's amazing to see. He's doing a great job. And I like Zelina there. And it's a nice little unit. I like the match. I I don't like the false ending. I don't like the fact that uh, Andrade had to run over and check on Zelina. And that's how the Street Profits win. I think these four wrestlers are better than that. And we could have had a a clean finish, you know, instead of now we're just gonna keep doing the same thing over and over. And are they gonna break up Andrade and Garza and all the drama rather than some of the wrestling? So Steve, what do you think?
2: Okay, so start with the Street Profits. Uh, Naturally, like I said, it was okay. Again, it didn't really give it enough time for it to be a good match. I think a little bit of the timing of these matches was off. Um, I think you could have, well, we'll talk about it later on where I could have cut a little bit of time. I think the Street Profits are awesome. I think they're a really good tag team. Uh, There's not much of a division to rule over, unfortunately. Maybe you can put some teams, like, give the Hurt Business a title opportunity, give a few teams. But I think that hurts them a ton because the Street Profits are booked a little inconsistently. You can go three or four pay-per-views without seeing them. Hell, this match was supposed to be at WrestleMania. That's how long that they really, they put Street Profits in little spots. I hated the whole Viking Raiders angle. I thought it cheated them a ton. But I think the good thing is, especially with Montez Ford, he does so much stuff in the ring that is super athletic. You he'll easily get back any ill will that has come towards his career or has come towards his booking because you'd be like, holy shit, he could do that. He can go up there. As for Garza and Andrade, I don't like the fact that they're building towards a feud with each other because you need one clear face and one clear heel. And I think both of them are good as heels, especially Andrade. If you saw him in NXT when he was a face, he was a... Huge dud, possibly the worst type of dud in his career. I personally want to see Zelina Vega in a much more prominent role. I want to see there were very few rumors that when they were doing the whole spying angle on SmackDown, that Zelina would have been the one that was eventually the reveal. I think Zelina is a great character. I think Zelina does amazing backstage work every week. I really think the best feud on Raw between women is the feud between selena vega and charlie caruso i really (laughs) i like that i love seeing the just back and forth between them every single week but again the match was fine it wasn't anything special it wasn't anything that you could say look at this match when talking at the pay-per-view radford
3: um i can i kind of agree as far as the timing with the match went um it felt like what could have been a very, very good match, but had the Vince McMahon seal of approval on the end of it. So it was just like, hey, you know, we could let you win and have a sick-ass tag team match. You know what? No, we're going to add to the storyline because, hey, Raw's got to be important. Um, so... uh The Street Profits, I always knew by name. I had no idea who they were. I'd never seen them. I don't watch NXT. I don't stream. I don't have WWE Network, any of that stuff. So, you know, and Tuesdays, I always forget. Now it's on Wednesdays. Whenever the hell it's on, I'm not watching. Anyway, sorry. I'm a terrible wrestling fan. Whatever. (laughs) So, Andrade and Garza, on the other hand. Now, Garza is actually Hector Garza Jr., he came from yeah. AAA. He's part of a Mexican wrestling dynasty, and the dude is one of the best high flyers in like his age grouping. Yeah. Andrade is pretty much the same thing, and I feel that WWE does not have as many Spanish high flyers as they're looking for to kind of grab that audience and everything, because there are a lot of you know people that just watch it specifically for that. So I think they may add you know continue this storyline. And then wind up breaking them apart and having them feud for however long and having these ridiculous maybe, you know, opening pre-show first match of the pay-per-view, you know, just high-flying matches. And they're really just going to push it that way. If they leave them as a tag team, I think they would be really good. But they have to get rid of the whole storyline of, like, Andrade and Selena being all like, oh, she stubbed her toe. Let me stop this tag team match and see what's – shut up. Like, that's just silly. Um, but all in all, like the match itself was pretty good. I think it could have been a little bit better if Vince would just keep his damn nose out of out of everybody else's business. But yeah, it was alright.
2: Yeah, Sean Wall. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot my red solo, <laughs> unfortunately.
1: Daniel's it's the best goddamn theme song in all the WWE right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um No, I've seen uh the Street Profits had an evolution show and they are the most fun I've seen um next to uh the guys in AEW um Private Party Private Party party. thank you so they're like weird clones of one another anyway but that being said Street Profits I know and love Andrade and Garza, I also know and love so it's like this is gonna be great and it was just okay it was still a lot of fun but there was yep. nothing, like, blow my doors off. I was like, same song! Yeah. Hey! Oh, it's everybody yeah. I love. They all did a good job. Yeah, I'm happy. That's really
2: about it. I was happy. <laughs>
3: Larry? Just, I'm sorry. Just oh, real sorry, quick, Larry. It wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't really booked as a SummerSlam match. It was more booked as a precursor to what's going to happen on Raw tomorrow. And that was just kind of my, my feeling on all in all, how they, how they pushed it. So, yeah. Uh, Vince McMahon, sit down and
1: shut up <laughs> <laughs> that's Please. a whole that's a whole nother topic. no Sean, I agree with you, as much as I love Vince McMahon, and you know I will bow to the man if he's ever in my presence, but yeah, he's out of touch, and he's still well, doing I- a lot of stuff but again that's that's for a whole nother podcast oh, um, for the match itself, I didn't mind it you know for me as a fan especially recently I don't know I've kind of. You know, back in the day, I'm like, oh, this match sucks. But nowadays, I'm like, but they're actually in the ring and they're doing something i never tried doing. So it's hard for me to ever truly say something sucks. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying none of you should say that. Just me being me. With that being said, though, I think it's a good match. The match itself was fine. Yes, they got the storyline. You know, as much as Bailey and Sasha keep teasing about a breakup and they're together in their breakup, that's being done better than how um, Garza and um, Andrade are doing it. Zelina okay. right now, the fact that they bring him back a manager role into the WWE right. and Zelina is really taking that is great. Um, if, we, if I may dare say, one of the positive things from the pandemic and them having to go to the PC was because of their limited um, roster. It really brought Zelina, because they were using Zelina Vega a lot on Raw, along with her crew, which I thought was great. Good for all of them. Um, it Yes, WWE storyline ends up taking precedent over it. Um, so, you know, the match ends the way it ends Typical WWE. I'm used to it. I've been watching it for 40 years. So, but for the match itself, from bell to bell, I didn't mind it. Not the best match I've ever seen. Not the best match of the night. Not the worst match of the night. But, um, you know, it was good. I I enjoyed it. It was fun. And, um, you know, really not much else to say for me to say on that other than, um, no, never mind. I'm good.
0: we've all brought this up already a couple of times and we'll bring it up a few more times is, uh, is the formula of best friends breaking up, getting a little old. I mean, they're doing it. They're teasing it with Andrade and Garza. They're teasing it with Bailey and uh, Banks. They're teasing it with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. I I mean, pick one. Listen, we got it right
1: once with Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. We're going to keep going till we get it again. I don't care uh, how many times it takes. I'm going to go back older than that, Sean. Hogan and Orndorff. When Ornd- to me, yeah. the most crushing moment in wrestling history was Orndorff turning his back on Hogan and giving him that pile driver. Ooh, it still sends chills <laughs> up my spine when I think about it because I was a kid. I'm like, no. Right. Um, going- but it- very quickly,
0: very quickly, going yeah. back to the uh, Michael's Genetti. Um, I went to the Nassau Coliseum when they were going head to head against each other. They had finished their match. Jannetty, uh, Michaels had run out the building. It was a count out, janetti's chasing him. Okay, that's all right. There's another match you know, going on so everybody's attention is there. All of a sudden, some light catches my eye to the corner where there's a corridor. Somebody had opened up a door. And there's Jeanette and Michael's just drinking cups of coffee, like, hey, <laughs> you know, they're
2: Don't breaking kayfabe. What the hell? Don't <laughs> it's the like kayfabe really?
0: was ruined. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the worst. Oh, I can well, still vividly remember Gorilla Monsoon with that call. Oh,
0: you know, while we're talking about best friends who hate each other, let's move on to to me. Oh my, the most disappointing match of the night. Mandy Rose versus Sonia Deville, loser leaves town match. Now we understood, based on real life events, why Sonia Deville is going to be taking time off. Uh, as they said, she's probably going to have to be in court for a while. And having a shaved head is not a good thing. <laughs> I, need
1: so I need it for work. Need it for work.
0: It works for Molly Holly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. I, Maybe if CM Punk walks uh, with her and, uh,
3: you
4: know, we Uh, can do that.
3: Sure, why not? They could bill her as, like, an Ellen Ripley, Alien 3-type character, and, like, she could come around with a bunch of, like, jailbirds and shit, and they all wearing the same, like, not orange, but, like, the greenish thing. Like, I didn't really like Alien 3, but if they want to build a character off of a chick because she has to shave her head, hey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the point is, she was willing to have her head shaved, but then she was taking time off. So they changed it to a loser win. What
3: they should have done then was really gone the Molly Holly route and had a hair versus hair match, had her lose, and shave her head in the middle of SummerSlam.
0: Wait, Sean, that that was the match. It was the the goal. Hair versus hair. And then after what had happened with still, It wasn't really booked. Yeah,
3: but it was still booked stupid. It wasn't booked like a real hair versus hair match.
4: Yeah, it was.
3: No, it wasn't. It didn't play out right. (laughs)
1: Let's blame the guy breaking into that house. Way to go, pal, for stalking Sonya Deville. Well, Wait, wait, wait. Rabinovich, what
0: do you got?
2: Well, that's one of the reasons why he broke in, because he didn't want to see Sonya's head shaved on the pay-per-view. That's literally (laughs) one of the main reasons why he did this. So not only would Sonya look weird with a shaved head, it might go against her case. If she was shaved bald, I, that's- Okay, it's, okay, it's let's forget situation. about all of that.
0: Let's discuss the match for a second. Um, again, when you have a loser leaves Town match, when you know this has been building up and building up and building up, and they finally are gonna get in the ring for one final match, I expect you to really impress us. This should have been the match of the night. It was, the spots were bad. Their conditioning was bad. Mandy's not even dressing hot anymore. Uh, I mean, hey. it, it was just a bad match, Larry. If you agree with me or not? Look,
1: I, like I know I just said there's really no bad match, but yeah, this one of the night wasn't the most exciting one. I'm gonna put that positive spin on it. Wasn't the most exciting one. Never
3: been a bad match. This match sucked. <laughs> uh,
1: what? It did. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Yes. You know, Grant Mandy Rose. Not. Not good wrestler you know she won it well she didn't even win tough enough actually she came in second place but um you know yeah mandy rose and this is no disrespect to mandy rose she's probably better off just being right now just the 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 eye candy of otis and and maybe train in the background sonia has the mma look i'm not saying she's a ronda rousey but she has an mma background a she has absolutely stepped up her mic skills. Sonya Deville has when she turned uh, on Mandy, which is tremendous. And I think she has, Sonya has the ability to put on good matches. Um, But yeah, these two together, you would think it would have been better because best friends in real life usually put on a better match because they're really comfortable with each other. But uh, you know, it was no holds barred, you know, Look, it's, it wasn't the best match of the night. Um, I would have liked to have seen the hair versus hair, but it wouldn't have made sense if someone gets their head shaved and then they're gone. Like, the idea is to see them bald week after week after week. Um, so it is what it is. Not the best match of the night, but uh, at least they got in there and they did something. So. And at least the crowd wasn't there to boom out of the building. So at least uh, they were able to they were given that time.
0: Sean Walla, sure If what you, do you look say? at those
3: thunderdome shots. Okay. You see all these people just going.
1: There were a yeah. lot of blank. There, right. were, there were a lot That's of blank. Right. <laughs> Sean Wall, um, what do you got? So I one thing I want to point down in terms of pacing the actual show, they did a no DQ Leisure Leaves Town match right in front of the street fight. So you had two hardcore matches back to back. Which wrecks pacing to me, because I just saw like a bunch of hardcore stuff. And you're show me a bunch of more hardcore stuff on a not extreme rules pay-per-view. It if that felt weird to me just in terms of the whole show. On top of that, um my personal opinion is I I can't do anything those two individuals did in the ring, but purely from a critical standpoint, I feel like Mandy Rose is a throwback to the divas as opposed to the modern women's wrestling. Like, she she just doesn't feel at all up to par with the women of Asuka, Bailey, Sasha, who we named at the top of the show, feel light years in front of her.
3: Right, because for like two months when she first started, she was top of the food chain, and then they started hiring other competitors that were better than her, and she never really got any better. So it just kind of, she kind of just fell down as more and more people came up. And it's just, you know, it's sad, but this does happen with a lot of people that they book. Like, I think, I think Baron Corbin got like one of the worst like bookings ever oh, yeah. when he first started because they were like, he's a crazy badass. Oh, wait a second. We're about to add 25 people from NXT who have more talent in their pinky than this half balding idiot does. And yeah. he just, his career got shut down real quick by the Wyatt family because he was no longer this massive dominating force that could do everything because they could squash him with it, with the heel of their boot and that was kind of that but like i kind of I kind think of
1: Corbin he- has he- survived that with like i think King Corbin was pretty good heel work. Yeah. I think Corbin has been able to be solid on the mic, able to take a bump, able to work a match even though he's not the best. I throw him in the category of burgeoning miz, burgeoning miz of listen He's not the guy who's going to carry the match, but put him in there with someone who can get something out of him and you got some fucking magic going. And yeah. I think the good thing about Corbin is,
2: and I don't know if we're going to talk about payback or not on this. Uh, sure, why not? Little yeah. thing, but. Birdie mm-hmm. has hour hour. a three-hour day. Why not? Just, why not? Just add everything over here. Yeah, if you yeah, haven't whatever. developed it, in- <laughs> we just going a
3: podcast the. Till- 8 o'clock tonight. Be all right.
4: Yeah. I got, got stuff talking. to do.
3: We are going to do a WrestleMania-length podcast. <laughs> wow. 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 Wow.
0: Two, Two days. days. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. Did I tell you this is just the pre-show podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Four hours. Uh, you know. Four hours fine. of drink. All yeah. right. Back <laughs> to so, uh, Steve, do me a favor. Bring it back to Mandy Rose and Sonya.
3: Yeah, wait. totally. I yeah. tried to bring it back to Mandy Rose, and everybody else was like, oh, but Baron Corbin this, and blah, 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 blah. I- Sorry, I changed the subject. Mandy Rose. Right. the pretty Yeah, let, me, let rest-
2: me get my Mandy Rose thoughts in here. And it's amazing <laughs> how, Ira, you mentioned the Marty Jannetty, Shawn Michaels, K-Babe, bringing yourself right into that. Because of the K-Babe and how good friends they are, and you don't know, Mandy Rose was at Sonya Deville's place the night of the kidnapping. But, uh, first of all, Jim Cornette said they both should have been fired. Because of that, and Jim Cornette talking about someone out of touch needs to roll the thumb. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, done. Remember, but, remember when? Remember when Jim Cornette said the Young Bucks couldn't draw a dime? Yeah, about that.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um,
2: but match was okay. Mandy Rose is tremendously limited in what she can do, and I think Sonya. I want to see Sonya when she comes back, going up against some, going up against some of the big Shana on the show, like. Want to see, I would love her versus Shada. Sean's right. I mean, we
0: need to have, you, you need to get her away from this when she comes back. I mm-hmm. don't
2: want to see a redo. She yeah, needs not to going. get in the mix and see what she can do. I one, think,
1: oh, I'm sorry, go, go. Uh,
2: but one of the big things that we'll talk about, especially when we get the Bray Braun later on, is we actually haven't seen good feuds between best friends or two people who know each other really well, because I think sometimes creative will let them kind of deal with everything and book some quirks of their own. I think the first part WrestleMania to now or WrestleMania to like June was actually really, really good. And then they dropped it for a month and then they picked it back up. And now it's like,
4: "Eh."
2: and I think it was kind of a dud finale. Again, given the circumstances, Sonya's heart might not have been in the match as much as it would have been nine days prior, but it does feel a little flat from what we could have gotten.
1: I'm not putting anything on Sonya. I'm looking at like Mandy and like weak knees and just, it doesn't look like I'm watching an Oscar match or any other rest, female wrestlers match. Who's going to lean into those strikes and make it look real and make it look like a pay-per-view that looked like a bad women's match from 2011. Yes.
0: Okay. Any, any final words on that?
1: Uh, okay. I think it is what it is. Yeah.
0: Well, now we're moving on to uh, you had mentioned who had mentioned Bailey was a make a uh, was a make a wish kid.
4: Not okay. me. Oh, boy.
0: me. Here we go. I think the real make a wish kid of oh. the night, Dominic Mysterio, <laughs> against the Monday Night. Messiah. Okay, That's show me
1: was. the make a wish kid who can do the front rolling nip up.
0: Oh no 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 no! Don't get me wrong. The kid has talent. Again, and you guys have said it over and over, we couldn't do a a fraction of what he does, but we are not training (laughs) for it either. So we are allowed to do this because who says he can do a podcast like we can? So there, So we get to criticize. Now, Dominic, you need work on the mic. You need work in the ring. Not saying you won't get there. How old is this kid?
1: Uh, He was eight, 15 years ago. So do the math. Okay, so 23.
0: So 23 years old, he should be. And good. Because of the storyline, you give him this spot. I get it. It was the right call. You know, you're building, building, building. You want to get him in there. But now, as soon as all this is done, send him to NXT. Let him get his work in. I didn't think it was that great a match. He did for his first real match in a SummerSlam environment, oh my God, give him props. But as Absolutely, a wrestler yeah. on the WWE roster facing Seth Rollins, who has to carry everything in this, he uh, I guess he did well, but not good. Larry, hey, John, oh. John, whichever who wants it.
1: Go, Sean. It reminded me of the Steve Amell-Cody Rhodes match of like, here's somebody very athletic and we're going to tell him to do some things and hopefully nobody gets hurt. Well, you can you can you actually you can compare it to the night before during Takeover 30, Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. And oh, that Pat
4: was painful to watch <laughs> no, Didn't even really? watch it. Great yeah. match.
1: That oh, match was really watch good watch it. for what it's worth. No, at all. It's I'm not just worth. saying that. Okay. Pat McAfee shocked a lot of it. look again, it's not a five-star match. It, not- you know, it, Lt and Bam Bam had its had its thing in in uh, 1995. You know what I mean? Like, it was something different. Pat McAfee shocked a lot of people, but also Pat McAfee is a one-off right now. Um, But with Dominic, JBL actually said it. Just because you're the son of a future Hall of Famer doesn't mean you're going to be a a Hall of Famer. (laughs) Now, this is Dominic's first match. Not his first time on TV, you know, uh, but his first match that I... Put him with Rollins because, yes, Rollins can carry that match. Someone needed to carry that match. Yes. With all of that being said, for his first match, which was a no-DQ match, going up against a multi-time world champion, yes, Dominic made mistakes. There were some pacing issues, I thought. But in the long run, I think he did tremendous for his first match. Oh, yeah. He has a lot of time to grow, and we're going to see that, I think. Um you know, j- actually, to jump ahead a little bit at Payback, it's going to be Mysterio, Ray, and Dominic taking on Seth Rollins and um, Murphy. Murphy. So, you know, the kind of hopefully the more matches he gets, the better he is. And unfortunately, we're going to see him grow in the ring. But I think at the same time, I think it's going to be kind of cool to see him grow in the ring. Quick question We've all gone to indies, right? Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. many people have knowingly seen someone else's first match? Oh, of course.
2: Oh. Couple here and there, but, you know. Oh, that's,
3: it's not his first match, though. It's his first match in the WWE ring, mm-hmm. but he got oh. most of his training down in Mexico in AAA. And he was also training when he was training at the same time that Kim Velasquez was training with them and everything like that. So the dude's been in the ring since about age 16. It's just the very first time that he's now wrestling in the WWE
1: style. Gotcha. Okay, then I feel like he should have traveled more something because he feels like he has no style.
3: Well, the other, I, I just just to, just to weigh in on it, like the first thing I wanna say is this is the first time we've ever seen a stipulation become a wrestler, which I find impressive because, <laughs> you know, Dominic was, yes. you know, the 2005 yep. stipulation for yep. Ray versus Eddie, which was brilliant. Um, but then I would also think that like, yes, he is Rey Mysterio's son. Ray Mysterio is one of the greatest high flyers ever that can't be argued this, that, or the son. other.
4: He's,
1: He's Eddie's son. Is, not any son,
4: man. You,
3: that, that too. I mean, well, it, it, it had yeah. I mean, you know, like you know, like Poppy, like son. What are you gonna do? But um, I think I, I honestly think he does have talent, but he doesn't have his father's talent. He's not a high flyer. He can take an ass kicking. Now he can uh, use the, that. He got know. walloped with that cane, stick ways 30, to my and kept going 30. and came back. Like he could really. If they really wanted to push, like, because we keep hearing, oh, we want to bring back the Attitude Era and stuff like that. If they're in the looking for hardcore wrestlers and people who can actually get it done for a long amount of time, Dominic is one to bank on. That kid can just, yeah, he can take a punch to the face. No joke. Larry?
1: Um, two things just real quick. Uh, a, actually, I think Raw the last couple of weeks has been TV-14. So they are starting to get away from PG. Right. yeah, yeah, because, and-
3: like, I keep seeing that popping up on the yeah. internet. How that can you all go to an
0: attitude order. error when everybody out there is like, how can you do that? I mean, for anything. Trust
3: Hashtag
2: that. canceled. The funny yeah. thing
3: behind that is, though, is because of uh, the pandemic and the Thunderdome and everything like that, three-quarters of our audience aren't even paying attention, so that means the regular people aren't paying attention. True. They can start dropping F-bombs in the middle of Raw and nobody would even say a word because we would be like, ha-ha, we just heard fuck. Nice. True. Uh, um, the, other, the other
1: thing I want to say real quick, I want to give a shout-out to the um, whoever the social media handler is for at WWE on Fox because they do a better job – at giving putting out tweets than the WWE does because Dominic did something and WWE on Fox, which I'm sure is being run by Fox, not WWE, goes like he, he did a frog splash and it went like father like son and that's all they did. Oh boy! And it took <laughs> you a moment, but then you go, oh, Eddie. Eddie. Yeah. And
4: yeah.
1: the fact they didn't really bring up Eddie during this, I think, is a little bit of a shame. But it is what it is. Dominic, though, and then I'll let you go, uh, Sean. Um, or see whoever is going to be next. Um, Dominic was trying to be like Ray, I think, too much sure. during the match. Yeah, yeah. He has to. He will get his own eventually, but it was a little too much, like, uh, like, like Ray.
3: It could also be. It may not even be on him though. That could be what the WWE is trying to push. Oh, agreed. Forward. Because agreed. they love the whole father-son angle of like this guy came up and everything. Like they were trying to push so hard when Ric Flair had a son. And then that happened, and then they're like, "Wait, you got a daughter, bro? Her in the line, and we'll just do it that way." Um, wait, but- wait,
0: uh, just very quickly—is that going to be the storyline going forward? Then one day of uh, Dominic coming out, going, "I can't wrestle like you. I gotta be me," and then he beats his father down, and then they wouldn't
4: be back. shocked. People have been thought about that honestly. for years.
3: I mean,
0: I could, I could totally
3: see a feud coming up between Dominic and Ray for some reason. Like Ray, you know, Dominic pulls a heel turn out of nowhere for no reason, and he has to face off, and they just, you know, butt heads for a while, or make them a tag team, you know, make them like, you know, Larry the Axe and Mr. Perfect, you know, throw, throw straps on him for a bit, let them, let them tear it up, we'll see what happens. But you know, that's just one man's opinion.
2: Steve. So we're going from best friends who feud with each other to family members that feud with each other. Ooh! What a twist! (laughs) Uh, Remember earlier when I said the the Street Profits match needed more time from another match? This is that match. Yeah, Because you could overbook the hell out of a match and you can do it in a 14 to 15 minute span. And this was booked as a 23 to 24 minute epic. Which it was definitely not. I, th- I think the feud is booked all wrong. I don't like the fact that we go from hey, let's put an eye for an eye match on one of the most <laughs> on one of the most random pay per views possible, and then let's bring Dominic in the next month, and then let's finish up the feud. It just doesn't feel booked right. We all pretty much expect this is going to be Seth's last feud for a while before he becomes a father and takes a little bit of time off, whether it be a month or two. I, the one person that I really like in this feud, he didn't wrestle, is Murphy. I think <laughs> Murphy plays his role as a follower so well. He's I think, wearing a shirt now that says disciple. Yes. I mean, come on.
4: <laughs> I think his
2: wrestling skills are... So good that when Rollins takes his little break, I think he can pick up the mantle and have three and a half to four star matches, honestly, with almost anybody on that roster.
1: Agreed. Yeah.
2: Well, let's
0: see now. He said a couple of things. First of all, I think the writers came up with eye for an eye before they actually realized, do you know what we have to do? In order to get an
1: eye for an eye match. Hold on. I could probably tell you what happened. They're in the writing room, the eye for an eye, meaning, you know, just meaning I'm going to get back at you. Right. And you know, Vince goes, okay, so you have to pull someone's eye out. I like it. <laughs> They're like, what? Wait, why? Who, who pitched yeah, right.
3: that? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Vince, 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 we're, we're family friendly now. Okay. So we won't take the eye out. <laughs> we'll just put the eye on the corner of the steps and smash on his back. And, and, we'll have s- blood and you know, if you lose the eye, hey, I'll give you an extra 25 Gs for the night. Blah, blah, and
2: Seth, make sure you uh, vomit on the corner just to make <laughs> yeah, sure yeah, that yeah, we yeah. Yeah, legitimize
4: yeah. it the most
3: possible yeah. way we can. Oh, and by, and the, by the way, way said... this is going to be your, your credo for a while. You're just going to take people's eyes. So <laughs> yeah, run with it. Make it work, kid. Go out and be a star.
0: I think he is just sitting there going, "I got a kid on the way." Uh, whatever you got,
4: yeah, but why I think, not? No. He gave me like, an idea wait, I have
3: I to knew. steal people's eyes for the next couple of months. Well, no oh. one's watching this anyway. Sure, why not? I'll be on vacation. You know, in August,
1: it's fine. Well, that's what's happening during this whole pandemic thing. You know, that's why. That's why Roman was actually Roman was pulled from WrestleMania because he just had twins, and everything right. just started with the pandemic. Um, I think the the Street Profits were off TV for a little while because Dawkins had a baby. You know, with this whole thing going on, uh, which I understand. So, yeah, Rollins taking time, not only just for uh, paternity leave, but just because of everything that's happening. Oh, we're losing people left and right here. Oh, there you are. Um, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of that. But the Eye for Eye match, A, should have been cinematic, and B, can only be done without an audience. <laughs> well, Steve gave me an idea,
0: by the way, and I know some are – some Sorry, Survivor Series is the annual Thanksgiving but I think uh, we should be building to, like, I don't know, a one-off of a real WWE Thanksgiving where you have all family matches
4: and <laughs> friends <laughs> matches and, Honestly, and the whole thing.
3: <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day, just branching on to the whole Survivor Series thing, is because, you know, they can't do it in front of an audience or anything and they're looking for ideas to get people to do it, bring it back to the 80s. Do the actual, like, team matches, I love but them. start it now. Start yes. building those feuds and picking those teams come, like, the first, as, the week after Saturday, uh, Sunday, rather. After payback's over, start just pushing towards Survivor Series. Start doing preliminary matches. Start, you know, announce the captains. Have the captains patrolling around, looking. Have them, have them pop up in NXT, just scouting yeah. out situations. Build your teams, yeah. and then on Thanksgiving night, because, you know, everybody's home and everybody can't do shit, play it. Run Survivor Series on Thanksgiving again, the old school way, not one match, just all teams, not even a, not even a heavyweight title match at the end. Yeah. Just take it like it was like 1992. You know? like Four if, if, if matches. bring,
1: yeah, oh, bring back the old graphics, Amazing. silly music, have Vince announce everybody, you know, in the opening credits, like, whatever. Oh, there? we have Hulk Hogan and, <laughs> and everybody's Manority exactly. Savage! We have... <laughs>
3: And after you and you the notice the sound in his
4: voice. <laughs> you notice the sound in his
3: voice, and after a while he gets tired of saying them, and he's literally almost huffing behind it, and he's like, um, And Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> and Mr. Perfect. Uh, oh Pat, Logan,
1: Pat take man. over the rest of the list. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. That and also another thing I think they should do is right now, because of like the limited capacity and stuff like that, and they would probably have to revert to smaller arenas. Let's bring back in your house. The original yeah. inner house well, they did. was dead, real NXT. small, and NXT. like, you know, NXT none, did. none of the big pyrotechnic Armageddon's, everything like that, like, yep. bring it back to basics, like, uh, you know, max capacity with a little house as the setup. That's Every insane. once in a while, somebody goes into the flower bed or through the window or something like that. You gotta do it small, <laughs> Like bring it back to where it was cool. Sean, you got to watch NXT,
1: Sean. You have to watch it because they did NXT in your house a couple months ago. And it was the set. They brought back Todd Pettengill.
3: That's amazing. (laughs) That was actually, truth be told, the last time I saw Todd Pettengill, they had him host the uh, WWE in your house set, which is like uh, the first Blu-ray set. And like, yeah, his silly face pops up and he was like starting to make, and he cracks all these wise jokes about how he got fired, like right before the attitude ever picks up. Oh it's it's a brilliant set if you get a
0: chance. <laughs> well, speaking of, let's get, let's get back into the card and we're going to go for the for the Raw Women's title. It was the champion Sasha Banks taking on again Asuka. name for Asuka. I was just going to say Sean Law, you might as well lead off.
1: <laughs> um no, this is just the conclusion to my prior thought which was I thought it was in terms of just putting together you know, In terms of putting together a show, hey, listen, hey, first match, we started the story. Uh, They finished the story, and it is setting up the overall, the split and the feud, and I think it works well. And at the end of the day, it's also, I love seeing Noska with belts. It's really great to keep her strong. To me, she's the equivalency of female Undertaker. Yeah, she can take a loss and stay strong, but you should also keep her as a badass Cause right now she's the most intimidating female you have, Shayna. Besides Shayna,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the money match right there. That we're oh going my god, it'd be so good.
1: Oh, it'd be so good. Anyway, coming. It's coming. Ken, Larry, what do you got? Um. Yes, this match definitely was. You know, I think we talked about it earlier where sometimes the match, like telling the story, is too much for the match. But in this point, the match, real, like Sean said, the story had to be played out with the match. No disrespect to Asuka, but it was really more about Bailey and Sasha. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially now at this point, you know, now you have stories going in. Sasha's never successfully defended the Royal Women's Championship. Oh, for five. Um, You know, can Asuka finally, uh, you know, can she do it a second? You know, can she win this time after losing earlier? Uh, and then how. Basically, it's almost like the Back to the Future situation where Back to the Future 1 and Back to the Future 3 are basically the exact same movie, but just different timelines. You know, here, everything that Sasha did during the Bailey match, Bailey was going to do in the Sasha match with right. a little difference, especially leading up to, the, to near the ending of the match. Um, match itself was great. Um, I felt bad for Sasha when she lost, because, again, she's never successfully defended the title, until in my head I'm like, wait a minute. Being a, a, a you know armchair booker here, so she loses so five times now she's lost the title after her from her first defense. So maybe now once they do the split, she takes the title from Bailey, and then Bailey's the first one she finally successfully defends against. Um, granted, long time coming, but right. in so my head I'm hard like, hard? I'll take it. That's some ghetto booking right there, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but all in all, I thought the match was great and. It's leading up, and just how Bay, like how Sasha's upset, but Bailey's upset, but at the same time, kind of happy. It's great. It's just being pulled off, fantastic. Yeah, and good for Oscar Radford.
3: Um, personally, I don't like Sasha Banks at all. I think she's a piece of trash. But um, He's I think ratchet. the way that whole situation should have went down if they were looking to push um you know kind of either the rift between sasha and bailey as far as because they're tag champs as well aren't they
4: yes, yes they are week. Yes. So, and wins that, wins that was kind of like
3: <laughs> you know brewing and everything and then she lost you know she uh, what bailey won and then sasha lost um i think i think both of them should have lost and I think uh, Asuka should have had both straps. And I think that should have caused a rift between them that they were pissed off that neither of them helped each other out losing their titles, that it kind of messed with their tag titles as well, which could have either led to a feud between them two or could have just led them to be like, all right, well, we're no longer, ch- you know, women's champions, but we're tag champions. So we got to get it together. And we have to, you know, get stronger as a tag ch- as a tag team and really build upon that. And it also would have been really cool for Asuka to walk in and be like, both titles, bitch, what? You know, like, it would just, (laughs) I think it would have been beneficial for all of them. Plus, they could have also kept that feud going between all three of them because they technically both have title shots again against Asuka. Now, whether they would be like, she would have to defend them both in the same night again, or if it would have to be like, oh, I'll do one on Raw, one on SmackDown, or whatever, or I'll face both of you. At this pay-per-view, and both titles are on the line. We'll see what happens, you know. But then it would just be dual strap, and that may not make sense. But yeah, you know.
4: Well, first it of been all, definitely a lot um, better.
3: But I still
0: hate, I still hate Sasha Banks. Okay, uh, they had announced that it would have been the Empress of all titles. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really. And I would, like that. So that was good. Uh, yeah. I thought I actually before this happened, thought that they would book it the opposite way, yeah. which is. Bayley would have lost. Sasha would have won. And Bayley's jealousy would eventually build up to where, you know, you have the breakdown. Um, That being said, what they did, I still like because we've seen, you know, the shows already. We've seen uh, Raw and SmackDown. Uh, And it seems like as long as they're building the slow burn and they don't rush it, you can obviously see what's coming where they're going to lose the belts to Baszler and Nia uh and then uh, they'll tease later on i'm hoping they can get this all the way to the royal rumble and get the whole thing done at a wrestlemania i mean i would really like a real true slow burn and see this coming but uh, wwe pacing these days probably doesn't happen Steve, what do
2: you think? Slow burn. They were they were teasing this at WrestleMania when they were in that Fable five way match. So and then they take it away. And they, they take it away it and they they bring it back. Um, I thought the match was fine. I think, as you said, it was more about telling a story than they would probably. They like to. They cut four minutes to five minutes of it to really just tell the story, which was wonderful. Let's go back to. Let me go back to Oscar for a quick second. I am very happy that Asuka has kind of taken over the role of the man, literally, on Raw. And they had that little passing the torch moment when uh, Becky gave Asuka the belt. I love that. However, I am a little annoyed that it took a crazy speaking in Japanese gimmick for Vince McMahon to finally realize what they have in Asuka. Not necessarily a fighting machine that can put on four-star matches who has one of the best pedigrees of anybody to ever be in a wrestling ring as a woman. But it, I guess it only matters of
1: the goal and not the When job. has Vince ever given half a shit about technicians?
2: No, Vince ever? hasn't given half a shit about technicians, but when you have someone at the prominence of Asuka, you would Come think on, that you would give her better matches and better roles instead of hot shotting the smackdown women's title off of her 10 days before wrestlemania because we have to have a winner take all match I, I i think like i said it's not about the journey it's about the destination and oscar right now i think is the top drawing woman in wwe i think the question is where does she go next does do we give her Baszler immediately or do we do the slow burn to Baszler? Or do we wait for Becky to come back?
1: You know, it's funny. Um, you talked about with all this. We've been talking a lot about stories and kind of leading up to the end. And do the end – will the ends justify the means? I got to say, I watched Bill and Ted 3 yesterday. Oh, um, no
3: spoilers. No, no, spoilers. no spoilers. Oh, okay. But
1: there's a line in there um, just like, a, like this credo um, that – I guess now I shouldn't say I mean it doesn't really spoil anything yeah, but, um, but I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it but <laughs> yeah. still there's, a, there's when you when you see it and you hear it even I just went at that point and went that makes a lot of sense and it's about stories that's all I'll say so, right, it's about sure. stories. so with that being said though yeah this match storyline this was pure WWE storyline but it, and it worked. And uh, and honestly, I think the slow burn with Oscar, Oscar with Sasha and Bailey okay. started in the first Women's Royal Rumble. Sasha eliminated Bailey. Get to the first Elimination Chamber. So, you know, Sasha kind of turned on Bailey. It's been happening longer than we probably all expected. Uh, all realize.
0: Well, I think you forgot only one character in all this. You kept saying, "Well, we're waiting for maybe Becky to come back. Charlotte will be back before you know." It. She yeah. will. <laughs> Sean reacts.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm not the biggest Charlotte fan, but that's me. Huh? Take it or leave it. She's done good stuff. Oh, she does, yeah.
2: she is almost well, the opposite of Asuka. You rely on the character yeah. a lot more, and WWE will give her a shot regardless. But when she gets in the ring, though, she... Delivers almost every single time. It's just oh, yeah. you want to see p- other people get shots, and she's held the title.
1: No, I'm cool with just Oscar getting shots. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of people are actually. But when you've held the title ten times in not even four to five years of being yeah. on the roster, yeah, again, Sasha hasn't had a really successful title while. defense in that in that period of time. You're going to get a lot of backlash. It's almost seen right. a backlash.
4: Yeah.
2: Well, let's I mean, see. It's,
3: uh, it's, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go. No, I was going to change it, so finish up. No, I was, I was just going to say, you know, it's 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 good when people have titles. It's great to have a title run and really defend it and do it everything like that. But when you've seen the same title run four, five, six times in a very short period of time, it gets boring, and it just so you know, there's there's different ways of there's different ways of doing it. But you know, sometimes they just Focus on one person. It's like, all right, well, what are we going to do this month? Ah, let's give him the IC title. All right, well, I'll take that for a month and a half, two months. All right, what now? Well, ah, we'll make him a tag champ with uh, somebody. We'll see what happens just because they feel that they always have to have gold on this person. And after a while, the fans don't care anymore. And it just kind of takes away from the person and it really takes away from the title as well.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of, I would think Charlotte would be the female equivalent now of Randy Orton in yes. terms of. uh Uh-oh, Steve has some Well, we'll we'll talk about the match, but I
2: think Orton's (laughs) doing his best work in maybe a decade right now.
0: Well, I was just going to say that in the championship match, uh, Drew for the Raw men's championship
2: match, Drew McIntyre against Randy Orton. Uh, Steve, go ahead, finish. Match of the night by far. I think Drew, one thing that I haven't really seen in Drew's title reign is... Well, the Rollins match was really good, but I never really thought that any of these people who were challenging Drew was going to win the belt. And regardless of what spoilers you saw on the internet or people saying Orton's going to win and we're building towards Orton Edge, I quit at WrestleMania 37. I think Orton, for the first time, I think in all of 2020 so far, has looked like he's given a shit. He looked like he actually wants to really put on good matches and wants to put on a good feud. He's been <laughs> wrestling he wrestled he and Edge are really good friends and they pretty much controlled most of the storylines that has been that has really been put out and they put out I think two really, really good matches, regardless of what you think the WrestleMania
1: match is. I think he also hates fans so much that he's happy to not perform. In probably, front of
2: that's
4: <laughs> probably
1: a little bit of that.
2: But I think Orton has although you might think it's a little bit like his 2007 heel run where he really established the legend killer that he was. I think he's enough of a storyline dick, especially this year, that you can really make a case that Orton has been the most consistent wrestler on the roster during this whole pandemic time. And i have I don't want to see him with the title, but if he wins the title and loses it at like Royal Rumble 2021, I'm okay with it.
1: Hey, Larry. Uh, yes. Uh, first of all, match of the night. Uh, yeah. I think this was the best match of the night. Um, Drew McIntyre. Actually, I'm kind of piggybacking on what Steven's been saying, you know, McIntyre's challengers, right, Rollins, um, you know, they, again, they just they threw what's his face in uh, during Extreme Rules. Ziggler, oh. yeah, Ziggler, oh, which yeah. should have been champion, but that's a whole another story. But yeah, Orton really is kind of like this first challenger to really challenge Or, uh, really challenge McIntyre. Oh. The lead up to it, all the punts to Edge to Christian to Ric Flair. Say what you want. They turn the lights off, turn the lights on. Of course, you're not going to actually kick Flair in the head, but still, the lead up to this tremendous the two of them can you know technically speaking can put on a match and I love how the I'm not gonna say the internet blew up but the internet was complaining because it ended with a backslide I thought it was tremendous that it ended with a backslide I love that ending to the first match match of the feud of course you want it to be a little fluky for Drew because you want to give Drew
2: either his pure victory coming up later in the feud or Orton beats him fair and square and that's why Orton thinks he deserves a rematch it's perfect it's a little booked by numbers but it's perfect but as I mean, he said they, they had been building up Orton
0: crazy and he as you also has been said plenty of times it looks like he cares again and when he cares he's one of the best deals out there um, it's they, they booked this one perfectly Bill 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 oh my god he's unbeatable. And then, boom, Drew got him in that one moment, like you said. So they're going to yeah. go back. Go ahead.
1: No, no, go ahead. no, no, no. Agreed. And, you know, you look back in history, there are some tremendous world championship matches that have ended with a simple move like that. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I, I, I wouldn't consider it fluky. I know what you're talking about, Steven, when you're saying that, because it wasn't a big move, it wasn't an RKO or the Claymore. Um, the only thing I hate about it is I think they really used the backslide because SummerSlam – you never saw it coming is how it was built. <laughs> and they basically use the backslide because you never saw it coming. So I'm like, all right, the finish kind of just is a tagline, but that did not take away from the rest of it, the match. And I think for Drew, we mentioned it earlier with the Thunderdome. Um, <laughs> I don't think they hear, obviously the, the sound yeah. we hear on TV is not live from people's homes, but I don't think they pump in the fake crowd noise into the arena. Yeah. I think if you're in the arena, it's silent.
3: No, they do. Oh, no, do they? they I thought I saw yeah. something as I, was, okay. as, I was saying, as I was saying earlier, right before we touched down, um, one, a friend of a friend uh, works there and said that it's loud as hell in there.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought, I thought I heard something. All right. So then with that being said, I think finally drew got that moment where he walked granted the the noise was fake and the people were virtual, but, With those senses coming at you, I think Drew finally got his moment where he walked into the arena as the WWE champion. He saw fans, not the NXT uh, crew. He saw fans, and even though the sound was pumped in and fake, to him, I'm sure that finally felt like, finally. My moment. Here we go. Exactly, my moment. And then they put on one hell of a match. I mean, that sounds on par for a normal WWE show. (laughs) Usually a tape show, but still. Um, yeah, but I, I have a little bit of difficulty because, uh, me being a douchebag, I'm not a fan of either of these guys. <laughs> Someone kick him <them> off. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold on,
0: Rabinoids has it. Hold on. <laughs> 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 um,
1: yeah, I, as we've discussed prior on the show, I find Drew McIntyre bland. And, I see why people would think that. Uh, and I also think Randy Orton oftentimes is a snooze fest. So when I saw this, I went, uh, "This is a great time to go to the bathroom." Puppies. <laughs> wow. Okay. And All right. I I watched it, and it wasn't bad. But neither of them inspire, just in terms of like where it's Bailey and Oscar, and it's ca- it's characters I care about. So it makes me excited. It's two guys where I'm just like. Uh, well this is gonna happen well short and real quick let me because you said earlier though when you know drew mcintyre dare i say drew galloway at evolve you know and evolve you can now watch on the network they have some shows on the wwe network do you think this drew mcintyre in this match was a little bit of drew galloway during evolve yeah no he's definitely brought it up a touch and i even liked him in his initial run i thought he was okay I just haven't seen anything that makes me go. That's a world. That's okay. that's that caliber of guy. I just thought he was kind of this lanky dude who I to me, I, he just doesn't click as a character. I, one quick question for Sean and Sean. I got to ask you though know, w- w- what you're saying. Do you think McIntyre would be better as a heel champion? Maybe I just. Don't know what his character is in general. Okay. All right. Who, who, like, can you? Because the last thing I remember him being billed as, again, like I said, I honestly stepped away from wrestling. Last thing I heard was a Scottish psychopath. Has that changed? No. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a face. So, you yeah. Know, it, re- vanity, regardless, yeah. what is he? What does he? Why? Why do I give a shit?
0: All right he's the redemption story right now.
1: I was fired and I
0: worked my way back.
1: I saw that promo and that I did like, but in terms of the character and like seeing as Hulk Hogan, he's yay kids. I superhero. Yay. Or Asuka being she's batshit crazy. She's going to murder you. And like (laughs) there with bigger, larger than life characters and Randy Orton's just, he hears voices in his head, I guess, and then he'll kick your head in or some shit. Um, well,
0: Sean uh, Radford would be the one to defend him, I'm guessing. <laughs> yes. So. so here we go.
1: Check this out. So
3: I just did a costume change because I'm really going to go for it right now. <laughs> okay. so Randy Orton has always been one of my favorite wrestlers of all time since way back in the day when I first saw him. Yes, he's a huge asshole, but he also has the chaps to back it up. I think uh, I, I think some some of his RKO's are just beyond physics. I don't understand how they yeah. happened, how they worked out, and he was just able to snap it and pop it. Oh, and Evan Bourne. In reference to the sheer fact that he did a lot of shady, back-ended crap that he should have been fired for, but because he's Cowboy Bob Orton's son, and he's Roddy Piper's <laughs> nephew, he really got the preferential treatment. So, th- saying that, um, I just kind of feel that that match itself was just really 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 good like I'm a huge Drew McIntyre fan I liked him back in the day when he was the chosen one and had like that out of time entrance music but he just kept getting shafted because Vince is like I'm gonna make you the dude you're just gonna lose constantly and that was that And it was just kind of like man this guy just needs a run this dude just needs a run then he got future endeavored and then he hit the indie scene And I saw him wrestle in person, six to seven feet away, four times. And every single time, it was one of the most hard-hitting, most dominating, bone breaking matches i've ever seen the only time i saw him lose was i watched roderick strong kick his head into a cage until he legit passed out and woke up grabbed the mic and was like oh man i honestly wasn't supposed to lose that match but that dude just kicked me so hard i literally passed out and the people standing in the front row right in front of him were like yeah no we saw drool coming out of his mouth <laughs> Drew got knocked the hell out so, like, just the, the sheer fact of just between them, the back and forth, and everything I was pining on before, you know, I'm not the top of the mountain, I am the mountain. Goddamn, yes, you are. Because you're one of the biggest dudes in the company. You're one of the dudes that can actually fly and move, and you can pretty much have a really good match with anybody. Some people think it's a snooze fest. I think it's awesome, and we're going to keep going awesome. So, the, just the branch between the two of them, and, like, the fact that, like, He went for the Claymore and Orton ducked and everybody was instantly just like, oh, here comes the RKO, new champion. And Drew came behind and backslid him and won like that. And you could see Orton's legs kicking and flailing. That was old school ending to the fullest. And I enjoyed every second of it. I wouldn't even say that match was the best of the night. I would say that was the best match I've seen in years. Like that match was off the chain. Like so much so that the first first thing I thought of when I woke up the next morning was that match. It was what it was, and like you know, I mean, we're just now on the opposite sides of the fence because I'm literally like sweating because I'm like amped up about this match, dude. This I got, can the see the side,
1: veins I, in I, your oh, neck. A
3: sweet match. Yeah. <laughs> is rest. it, it was awesome? But yeah, all in all, I dug the hell out of it. I, I would call that a five star match. But that's
1: Sean. True. Sean saying it is the greatest wrestling match ever. Not right <laughs> no, no, no. We then, have no. one of those already. No, no, you no. You had no, that already. No. You, want to, call, no, you want
3: to call the greatest wrestling match ever starring Randy Orton is Orton versus Kurt Angle at the second one-night stand. Orton talks so much stuff up to that match and Kurt Angle, Matt, wrestles the crap out of it, so much so he just starts bopping him on the back of the head just taking, taking him yeah. to the rafters for a good half hour. That's a, That's probably one of the best matches ever. I would rate that like top three possibly.
2: For the first time, I think, at least since the brand split, or at least since Friday Night SmackDown came of about last year, I'm more hopeful for Raw's made event scene right now than SmackDown's, especially yeah. with the bringing in of Keith Lee on Monday night, and they're going, and I know Lee and Orton are facing off. Okay, we'll we'll get to that later. Okay, yeah. but okay. Uh, And there's also one thing for Larry. It's amazing how Evolve has finally actually been, not mentioned by name, but mentioned when the with the Lee McIntyre connection on Raw Monday. It's amazing how Evolve has evolved onto regular storylines. It, well, it
1: really Johnny,
3: has. Uh, um, Gabe Sapolsky has gotten involved with the WWE as of uh, you know, the last couple of years. They've been using Evolve as a training ground and uh, basically, you know, a place to scout out NXT wrestlers. So once they did that, like NXT is the training point for Ron SmackDown. Evolve is how you get to NXT. So like once they joined brands with that, I think that was probably run into like his contract that like, hey, eventually we'll give you our own little spot on, on, uh, on the network. You can just show all your pay-per-views and do what you like.
1: Well, Vince did one better. He bought Evolve in July. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, no, now it's – I don't know about the others like ICW and, and Progress because they're on the network now, and they will be more and more. But, no, you it's
3: Well, I found this XFL money from The Rock, <laughs> and I need to invest in something.
1: The XFL this year was tremendous. I had season Gosh. tickets, and Likewise. then bang it to hell got canceled. I don't know what The Rock's going to do with it, but we'll see. Um yeah. You know, yeah, no, hearing Evolve, hearing the indies, Vince finally realizing there's more out there than just WWE. I think that's Triple H. Um, you know, you know. I just, right now, with the main event scene, though, I got. and we're going to talk about it next, you know, I got to say, I think from a wrestling point of view, you're going to go with Raw, but with like that fun storyline SummerSlam, I kind of missed having a cinematic match you kind of go with SmackDown. And I think they're two different entities, but in their own right, I think they're, they're doing good. But after what we saw on Friday, I think the landscape is going to change. Oh, yes. Hey, well, that leads us to
0: the final match of the night for the SmackDown Championship, which brought in championship Braun Strowman versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt uh we'll talk about the ending later so uh radford what'd you think of that one uh
3: it was cool um i mean i've been I've, again i've been out of the loop for so long because of just you know everything like work related and stuff by the time i get home usually i forget what day it is so i never and then taco while. bell put him in the, night in the bathroom perhaps <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so um you know like uh I didn't even know Braun was champion. So when they announced wow. this match as wow. SummerSlam was going on, I was like, oh, that's cool. All right, sweet. Like, but the whole back and forth between them, I know like, you know, they've had history because he was part of the Wyatt family at one point and this, that, and yeah. everything. But um, I, just, I thought it was great. I've, I've, been, I've been behind Braun Strowman since day one. And, well,
0: Sean, you know, hold on for just, one second. Like, just
3: so I just weird. want to give
0: you a little background then. Because uh, if you didn't know then that Braun was champion – the last pay-per-view, uh, the one before this, they did a cinematic match where it was uh, The Fiend versus Braun back at oh, the swamp. Yes.
3: yes, I didn't see it, but I heard all about it. Like, okay. you know, that's, it, that's cool. It's it's just another way of being different while we're uh, sitting at home and yes. sitting in very secluded areas because we can't be around each other. Like, they could do a whole pay-per-view like that if they wanted to. I'd watch it. It like, you know, you know. wouldn't
1: bother me. The matches yeah. they've done cinematically have been great. Like yes. the
3: match at Mania between him and Cena, like that whole I thing. I enjoyed that. It <laughs> was amazing. I loved every second of it. Like, it was great. Like, you know, that's what wrestling is. It's supposed to be fun. You don't need every single <laughs> match. Like, don't get me wrong. I want five-star back-and-forth matches that last 45 minutes, go bell to bell, and, you know, the EMTs have to come in and stretch them out because they wrecked each other so hard. You know, that's that's cool as hell. But if you wanna do like a Firefly Funhouse match or something like that, or hey, bring back the, uh, what, the Godwin Slop match that uh, Triple H got subjected to because he (laughs) was the only one left in the clique that was still in the company, yeah, do that again. Um, Just little, but I I like, you know, cliche, like, you know, catch matches and stuff. Like, as stupid as it got, like, because everybody was on cocaine and they all thought it was a good idea in the WCW, Put something on a pole once in a while. <laughs> like, just bring, wow.
1: it, back. Like, Poor just bring Judy. it
3: back to where that was. Like, I thought we had some really good things going when they started bringing in the shark cage matches, but that crap oh, didn't God. last very long. But, like, you know, just little things that, like, take it away and be like, yes, guess what? We are trying to push it a little bit closer to MMA and let it be a little bit more hard-hitting because we're still trying to cater to the audience, but we're still professional wrestling. This is still supposed to be fun. It's the next step to a circus, and that's the way it should be. So, yeah, bring back the, uh, the shtick matches. I'm down.
0: Okay, Sean Law, what do you got?
1: I'm cool with the shtick matches. I, I like cinematic matches, but it, there's something about WWE where I think we all enjoyed Matt Hardy and the TNA run he did with those basically creating the cinematic match oh, as yeah. we know it. Yep. yep. Well, what and did part,
0: you think of, uh, of Braun versus The Fiend?
1: Of this particular match, uh, this is I. The, <laughs> hey man, Bray's got a really great entrance.
4: Oh wow! <laughs> oh, wow. And
1: <laughs> oh, and I'm sorry. Finish. Then it's a, it's the third fulls. It's the third no DQ match. Yeah, and this this card should have been Extreme Rules. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is like. You had the no DQ loser leaves town going into a street fight break with the raw women's uh, or no, there's two. And That's then about, yeah. the false can anywhere either way. Um, it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I I wasn't, I, it didn't make me feel any particular way. And I was just kind of uh, like, whenever Bray pops up these days, I'm just like, All right, well, this is a crapshoot, because if it's cinematic, it's going to be too slick a production value. The thing I like about the Matt Hardy stuff is it looks particularly underdeveloped, and you can see the danger in it. I think WWE lacks a bit of that. Well, you don't want to kill these guys. No, but I also watch wrestling because I like... No, I... a certain level of danger. I get it. No, trust me. I was, you know, for some reason, I I fell back into watching like Japanese death matches and all I think of is you, you and my buddy down in Alabama who are all about the death matches. And then I'm sitting I'm like, why am I watching this? But I can't help to flip through. But WWE, obviously, you know. Would it's have not that. Person. Yeah. And I, that's And fine. yeah. No, I, I'm like, I'll also be honest. Like, unless I get the call up of like, hey, we're watching a pay-per-view. I'm watching AEW and NJPW and whatever else comes across. Mm-hmm. I rarely touch WWE these days. I used to touch NXT until uh recent events <laughs> um because I have conflicted feelings All right. um but that cool. being you know that being said it's it's not a bad match I just was like yo we got the third what the what pay-per-view is this <laughs>
2: Hey Steve, what'd you think of the match? Match was meh. I think it was probably my worst match of the night. I Thank think, you! I Wait, think, more than
0: Mandy versus Sonya? Come I think on.
2: Mandy and Sonya was actually at the best they could possibly do. I expect more from Braun and Bray. and Breach! I just don't think I got what I expected. I think, no. so The Fiend is just kind of a roller coaster for me ever since the SummerSlam entrance and I think there's two points with Bray slash The Fiend that have been derailing and no, Goldberg, the Goldberg loss is not one of them.
1: Really? I see, I I'd think say the,
2: that. I think the Rollins feud just started to take the wind out of his sails a little bit because the two just had the, you had the Hell in a Cell match which was just almost disastrous for him and then they sort of made up for it at Crown Jewel. The Brian feud was fantastic. And then I think ha- him having to take the month off because JoJo had her second kid kind of lost the momentum of this feud a little bit. Which, uh, everybody, about- a moment
1: to Bray Wyatt for JoJo. Yeah. Good job on him.
2: Very <laughs> uh, Braun does not need the title. I'm glad Bray won because uh, I think the theme can make can make the title his again and i'd love to see that belts come back uh oh. i do think and we'll get to this in a second i think vince is going to put a lot of stock in the fiend for the fall and winter because i think vince just sees cash rolling down with the amount of merch that the fiend can sell i know well, you know with, yeah about <laughs> and especially He just made a huge sacrifice to basically make The Fiend probably the face of SmackDown. I think Bray's character is amazing, but I think his wrestling ability depends on who the opponent is. Absolutely. And if the opponent is Braun, who is limited in some ways, especially in this run that he's had, you're not going to have a good match, and this is yeah. not one of them.
3: No, I agree. That's why. That's why Bray always had really good. When the the few times that Bray faced Luke Harper were really good matches because yes, Luke were. Harper's a freaking beast, and he can move, and he he is the ring general basically. Like when he comes in and does it. So I think you know though Bray can string moves together and you know theatrically get it across like Sister Abigail and all that. Like he's got the chops and everything like that. But he does kind of need somebody to lead him. Like one of the, what, still again, you know, putting, putting this match in like, you know, my top five or whatever is the very first time that Bray and Daniel Bryan faced each other at the Royal Rumble. I oh, think that's an amazing he, match. Uh, which one was that? Let me check real quick.
1: Oh, A couple years ago? 2014. Oh, yeah. further than that.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a match that kind of gets forgotten yes. about because it right wasn't at the yes. moment. Like, opens up
3: pictures right yep. there. That <laughs> one. Like, that match was phenomenal. So much so that when somebody, like, if I'm sitting at a friend's house, and we're just messing with the network, and it's like, somebody pick a match. I'm like, Bray versus Brian, 2014 Rumble. They're like, all right, fine. They're like, holy <laughs> crap, that match was sick. Like, you know, but yeah, uh, bell to bell, I thought that was a five-star. Like, Got But on. again, if Bray's in the ring with somebody like Daniel Bryan, who's been doing it forever and is really, really good at it, he has an incredible match. If he has to lead the pace, subpar.
1: Hey, Larry. Uh, Yeah, you know, going into this, it's two monsters getting into the ring. So it's not going to be a catch-as-catch-can or a Thatcher uh, catch-can matchup. Um, So going into that, I knew it was just going to be an all-out brawl. You know, The Fiend. uh, And remember, Braun Strowman kind of stepped in dog doo-doo by becoming Universal Champion because uh, Roman Reigns just couldn't do it. So, you know, I mean, good for Braun. You know, he got the title because of it. But yeah, when you have two monsters going at it, it's one thing to have, like Sean was just saying, you have the even just regular Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, could be seen as a monster, though he can wrestle. And then you have the wrestler Daniel Bryan going at it, you know, almost like, and look, I'm not saying match move for move, but Hogan Andre, WrestleMania 3. You have Mm -hmm. the hero Hulk Hogan and this what we all thought because there was no internet this undefeated, never body slammed giant who could have been eight feet tall, you know, for what we believed. And it was, how was Hogan going to get around that? How was he going to defeat the undefeatable giant? So that's why I think monster wrestlers, if that's a category, would go better with wrestling wrestlers. Uh, but with that being said, we got these two in the ring. I thought Braun broke, why it's back when he gave him the choke slam on the table i mean that was a vicious shot i think that messed up actually the fiend for a little bit of that match i think he legitimately got hurt um you know it, yeah. knocked him out for not knocked him out but hurt him for a little bit um but for what they it's worth, uh,
3: he took the randy orton
0: table you know that they, one <laughs> table that never breaks
1: honestly
0: if you don't want a table to break have Mandy Rose try to set it up for
1: you. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, yeah, it'll take a half an hour. <laughs> no. Timing. Timing. Um, so bottom line, I enjoyed Eyes
3: the match.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I enjoyed the match for what it's worth. It was just two monsters. I always get a kick when uh, you know, when Braun broke out the razor, I'm like, oh, is he gonna take an eye out? But um, no. you know revealing the wood. I'm like, all right, very cool. You know, you don't yeah. know as often. Right. Um, so all in all, I enjoyed it. Um, before we get into the end end um, mm-hmm. I just want to say just, just real quick, I'm just going to leave it at this. Uh, Sean Law, uh, side note, I totally called uh, Evil winning uh, the tournament and a title. We'll, get, we'll talk about that after. We'll talk about that okay. after. Okay. Rabinowitz. Uh,
2: and also one thing that kind of uh, – it was a why situation. I loved the Alexa Bliss involvement oh. in the Swamp Fight. I love mm-hmm. the Alexa Bliss involvement on SmackDown. That really, for me, was the only "gasp, holy shit" moment of that feud. I know it's still technically going on, but I would have liked to see her involved in some way, even yeah. if it was just yeah, okay, on the video screen, Yeah, and I don't know what the future is going to hold with that feud if she's just going to transition into a feud with Nikki. But I think Alexa's involvement brought another dimension. Into the feud that was getting a little stale, and then they're like, eh, "Let's just have them two fight, and then let's do
1: something." I, the end. I, I think because of the ultimate ending of the paper, yeah, review, that's probably I would have taken why. It away from Alexa, but I'm happy Alexa's being involved because she was not floating around, or but she was kind of getting a little stale. And I love Alexa Bliss, trust me. Um, I don't know why she's dating that jerk, but whatever. Um, but um, you know, I'm happy to see Alexa she should even be
0: dating this jerk. <laughs> 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 wait, 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 wait. Do we have Talking to warn her about another kidnapping plot?
1: Oh, I <laughs> <God. laughs> <laughs>
2: No. Anything the kidnapping plot would be Sean Law with
1: Oscar. So. It would never make it. I would walk in the door just foot to head. I'm on the floor unconscious. That's all Sean needs, though. That's all he needs. Done. Um, no, but again. Hey, no, guys, list- I met Asuka.
3: Yo, did you get her autograph? No, check out the boot print on my face.
1: <laughs> and I got her autograph. That's a restraining order, but she signed it. And still, still signed, signed it. Signed um, it find it so and i'm and i'm really excited to see especially after this past friday um with bliss curious where that's gonna go i'm happy to see alexa getting back into doing a more prominent role than just the tag matches um so we'll see so actually two benefits out of that one was alexa bliss and ultimately what happened on smackdown which started at SummerSlam.
0: Well, okay. Like you said, uh, we've all danced around it.
1: Pull the we curtain. know what
0: happened after the match. We got a return of Roman Reigns. The big And doll. obviously, Dang. it's not the good guy, Roman Reigns. As, as anybody saw SmackDown, oh, he's man. now a Paul Heyman guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean. The name is Paul Heyman. <laughs> You know, when 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 Roman came out at the end of SummerSlam again, you never saw it coming. I was Perfect. like, uh, all right, he's back. He was due back. Here we go, Roman Reigns. You know, all right, he's got a little bit of a vicious side to him, but that's because he was, you know, taken out of the title match. Uh, you want a kayfabe, but he was just removed. But then on SmackDown, when they pulled back and they revealed Paul Heymans with him, I mean uh, – almost went from six to midnight. I was like, this is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Now I may be in the camp of Roman Reigns for the first time since he left the shield. Oh,
4: Sean
0: Redford.
3: All right. Um, personally, and I know I've glossed over this before and I always get looks of death, but, um, Roman Reigns has always been my favorite member of the Shield. Closely followed behind Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Can go to hell. <laughs> I was waiting uh, for that. Anywho,
4: <laughs> um,
3: when he showed up at the end of SummerSlam, I definitely—I didn't lose my mind. I didn't get up and run around the living room or anything like that. But I was like,
4: "Yeah,
3: all right, cool." And um, I did not watch SmackDown. Actually, you guys just mentioning that he's now a Paul Heyman guy. Oh yeah, we're right, gonna, like, we were talking Summer about it
1: before we went on the air. And we, yeah.
3: Crap! What? Like this, Paul Heyman has always been my favorite person in professional wrestling, hands down ever. If I could ever meet anybody, it would be him. I don't give a crap about, you know, whatever. And he shows up and comes back with his Paul Heyman guys. Brock Lesnar, CM Punk, oh God, no. So now that that's all over and said and done with, and I had to deal with those jabronis, Coming out because they were coming out with Lesnar. Now I actually get to see Paul Heyman showboat somebody I like. What about Cesaro? Back down forever until this runs out. Hopefully, it stays around for a really long time because I want to hear Paul Heyman slowly and in depthly talk about how big the dog is. This is going to be awesome. I'm <laughs> psyched.
2: <laughs> Cesaro
3: was
1: also a Heyman guy.
3: Yeah, for, like, a hot cup of coffee, but then that coffee got spilt off the table, and we forgot about it. Like, it was just nothing. There was nothing really to it. Like, But also, on that end, like, they kind of got rid of that idea, and then wasn't that when they just pushed him with Sheamus, and they had to just beat the shit out of each other for, like, eight months, and then respect each other and become one of the greatest tag teams ever? Yeah. Yeah. Like there was that, like that was like, which is the polar opposite of the best friends angle that we were talking about earlier. Like they literally beat the respect into each other and they were like, all right, hey, let's just join forces and beat everybody up. And I was like, yes, do it every week. That's amazing. Like, yeah, I I thought that pairing was
2: brilliant. So two sidetrack things, number one, is Paul Heyman's locker room and AJ Styles' locker room going to be like a restraining order type distance? Uh, because with the way that AJ left Raw, basically specifically of Heyman, which got Heyman taken out of a creative role. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens backstage when it comes I'm to that. Never even uh, heard
1: that. I'm un- I never heard yeah, of that. Yeah, what? Well, what
2: the, the rumor is AJ was just not happy with Heyman and because he thought that Heyman had a hand in basically – firing oh. the good brothers from oh. from, from oh. raw the two oh. had a confrontation and that was why aj was pretty much immediately sent to smackdown because it looked like he wasn't going to wrestle with hayman as the creative booker again and eventually that's why Heyman was taken off of raw because of the issues that they had but now they're both
3: on smackdown and they just now they're both to, on smackdown but like yeah. So how quick before AJ goes back to Raw? That's, well,
2: that's what I was saying. Yeah,
3: well, I think, Monday. But,
1: but Heyman's only on, on screen. He has Heyman's nothing only to do on with that. So yeah, yeah. so that'll
2: probably be different. Also, just remember, new teeth equals heel turn. If you've seen Roman Reigns' brand new conferences, <laughs> <shot versus. laughs> just remember, spoiler alert, that's the way heel turn begins. That's the the heel turn happens. I
1: forgot. Orton put up a meme. I think it was Orton. That it It was a, Orton. Of Brian from Family Guy when he got his new teeth. He's like, hey, Roman, you're looking good.
2: <laughs> uh, but back to the mat. but back to the uh, I think this is the most interesting thing and in the, the biggest holy shit moment that we've seen this year in WWE by far. Maybe Absolutely. Edge's return was on that level, but the possibilities are endless. Roman as a heel going up against Bray as a face. Roman seating talking to Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, who praised Roman almost five years ago when Roman and Lesnar feuded. Yeah. Um, that is something that is gonna be so intriguing to me. It'd be interesting, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm and, really looking
3: forward to see how they're gonna play it out. Yeah.
2: And most importantly, and I know, Sean, you're not a big fan, if Lesnar ever comes back, and to see what's going to happen with that dynamic okay. because Lesnar and Roman obviously don't like each other, and you're not, it, it might be a two man power trip situation. I think eventually Lesnar's going to come back, especially now that it looks like the WWE is willing to go at, at, at all stops with the Thunderdome. Right, but yeah. I, I think that this is literally the shot in the arm that SmackDown and maybe the entire WWE needs for the latter part of this year. And it really becomes the storyline heading into what will be WrestleMania 37. Mm -hmm.
1: I agree. I agree. Really not much more to say on that one. At least on my end.
2: (laughs) The one thing that is, that would worry me a little bit is once fans come back or if fans come back, that Roman's character is played so well that he now gets the cheers yeah. that he was supposed <laughs> to get. No. no. You don't get it. No, because totally no, 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 perf-
3: perfectly, be perfectly honest, every single person that used to cheer, Cena sucks, changed over to Roman sucks. He's a bad guy. He's going to stay a bad guy. He's never turning into Austin. That is not going to happen. I'm almost guaranteeing. I'm like 98.5% sure. I can't be a full 100% because it's wrestling, so you never know. You never see. Why? Time. But, uh, yeah. I, no, I'm seriously thinking that everybody who used to boo Cena and had a lot of fun booing Roman, they're going to continue to boo Roman. And there's going to be a lot of little kids that are like, Roman Reigns is a bad guy now. Boo! Like, you know, especially with Heyman and everything, I think he is going to be a viciously hated bad guy.
1: How many oh, wrestlers no. have pulled off that Austin besides Austin?
3: None. Becky? Becky. Becky.
1: Becky. Jericho. Jericho, Becky.
4: That's a bad ass.
3: That's the smallest. Uh, well, sort of, sort of Ambrose, but he never really got the shot because he got hurt and then came back and whatever. But he had kind of that moniker of being like the I don't give a crap badass, and you know, no, oh, bad guy. Nobody's like
2: hell yeah, you're a bad guy. Do Ko it. last year kind of did that. I mean, they kind of yeah. pushed him in that direction, but Ko last year being himself really got the problem-
3: it. The problem with Owens, though, is they flip-flop him so often. Yeah. But he's so yeah. good at what he does that he just takes the ball and rolls with it. So you never know when he's the bad guy or the good right. guy. You're like, oh, Owens got a match. Wait, is he – are we supposed to be rooting for him or are we not supposed to be rooting for him? What's going on? Like, oh, I'm um, just happy to see Owens. Let's go. Yeah, it's just cool, cool that he's here. Like, you know, that's that's that.
0: Well, we got the run-in of Roman Reigns, and of course they said you'll never see it coming. And I'm sure we all expected, instead of Roman Reigns, to get Retribution Uh, (laughs) coming in there. We didn't get it because, you know, you would have seen that coming. Sure. Let's talk about Retribution. Uh, We've talked about Evolve, you know, now being part of uh, WWE. Uh, do we think that it might be evolve uh, uh, NXT? Who, do, uh, Rabinowitz? What, what do you think? I
2: ha- I think they have no freaking clue what it's going to be. They might. It might be a little bit of NXT since we haven't really seen the Cesaro, Gargano, uh, Cole undisputed era who are, have been. I mean, unless they're happy in NXT, have been due for a call up for a long time. The angle essentially to me is. Siri, Google NXTs di- in 2010 and let us know how we can recreate it. And let's okay, do okay, it wait, as wait, horrible as the budget wise that we can ever do.
0: Wait, I, I think I got an idea. Is it, and this would work, is it the former rosebuds? Just, <laughs> just like,
4: <laughs> the Rose
0: yeah. we never got our due and now we're out. Okay, Larry, who, yeah. who, um, who are these people?
1: You know, for a hot second, I'm like, I wonder if these are the guys who were fired on tax day. But maybe they were just followers.
4: Oh! Oh! And,
1: you know, maybe it's some of the obviously no one who's already moved on. Right. But, um, you know, because that's what I thought at first. But then the numbers starting getting bigger. I'm like, maybe it's not them. But then also when they got in the ring that first time, when none of them were towering over the top rope. I'm like, all right, I don't know who any of these people are now. I don't think it's anyone who got fired. Um, I think it may be call-ups. And um, I feel like it's just, um, yeah, just kind of another – I was thinking it's almost like the Nexus thing, but like how they're so anti-WWE, like WWE logo, they, they scratch it out, okay. which could be an NXT thing maybe. Uh, but the way they destroy the, the, the arena and stuff um, – a part of me still wants it to be some of the guys who got released. But at the same time, I think it just may be just a bunch of NXT call-ups, which always worries me because, I mean, already out of the box, Keith Lee, I'm, I'm concerned for Keith Lee on Raw. New music well, and great. new gear. Yeah. So. Well,
2: the one plot hole in that would be NXT – Call-ups they just beat up NXT stars on one of its first dates so. no
1: true true so that's why that's why like I'm like I'm not 100 percent sure uh, one of them that first night when they actually attacked the crowd you saw one of the women uh, the kind of the, the hood came down right. I'm trying to pinpoint where that hair came It almost looked like uh, Vanessa Bourne a little bit but at the same time they may just be using people yep. you know what I mean because it's always looking like different different people each week so noir Wait, what's a better cover of being NXT than covering up as beating up NXT people? Ooh. It's like a Grassy Knoll situation? No, right, exactly. Kidding. No. Uh, I mean, I think it's probably Evolve call-ups and just jobbers until they figure out and then we are going to see one person who does tower over the top rope <laughs> who we have never <laughs> seen before and then he's going to come in and rip the mask off and it was me, Austin! It was me the whole time! No. It's going to be somebody who, you know, I don't think they're even going to tease it. It's going to be one of those wild reveals of either who's that new character or didn't see that coming sort of thing. I don't think it's anybody we've really seen before. I think this is a whole new plot line to introduce new characters and new blood. Um, I don't think anybody who was let go is coming back because a lot of those guys are already in AEW and TNA and stuff. Yep.
0: Uh, should we Radford, uh, is it CM Punk?
3: No. <laughs> no. But I think, honestly, what it, what it really looks like they're doing is their own version of the Aces and Eights. Is like, basically, right now, they have a, they have a whole flock of jobbers. They're just coming in masks and slapping everybody around. And they're going to pinpoint somebody. And eventually, that pinpoint is going to be revealed as the leader of the group and then they're going to come out with their massive ass faction and if it catches fire and it works it'll go real far if it doesn't it'll end by next by the next raw And, you know, they're really just looking for other stories and other avenues. Now, a lot of different TNA stories they can swipe and use because nobody watched TNA when it was on, so nobody really saw it. (laughs) So, you know, you try to explain the storyline to people and things like that of what popped off, and they're like, wow, I didn't know that happened. It did happen, but now it's happening on Raw, so now it's fresh.
1: But didn't AW just do that with The Dark Order?
3: Uh, well, AEW can't get over factions at all. They have about nine of them and there's nobody else left on the roster. That's not involved in a (laughs) faction. That's not called Cody Rhodes, but, um, (laughs) they, uh, the, the difference, like they're just going to keep pushing it. I think it's, I think it's a cool idea and everything like that, but I'm almost like almost kind of foreseeing it. If they really start, if they really start to focus on one performer, you know, singling them out almost guaranteed that's the leader. So we'll see how it plans out. But it's a cool idea. You know, it, it keeps it interesting. And, you know, you never know what show they're going to pop up on and come in and just run, wreak havoc all over everybody and, you know, whatever.
1: Don't pushing up invisible glasses actually Rhodes family is a faction in AEW and they do have wrestlers that are associated with Cody Rhodes.
3: That's what I'm saying. Every single person, every single person in AEW is in a faction. Yes, yeah,
1: so, and the, the same WWE, thing in NJPW. So every everybody except WWE has that. What? NJPW has it as well.
2: Most okay. other wrestling
1: I, companies I, I, I have it except WWE. WWE.
3: That's what I'm saying
1: is you say like it's a bad thing.
3: I wasn't disputing the fact. I'm just saying that all AEW is, is factions. There's no real singles competitors. There's no big dog. The tag team division is associated with other people. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying that's just what they're doing. It's
0: a thing. Um,
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: (laughs) Uh, To go back to Radford, (laughs) they're mixing it up now. Going back to Radford, uh, the Aces and Eights was actually brilliant. Because when they went back in time and they showed you, oh, remember when this happened? Yeah, you know, they, did a, full, and and didn't and they it, did a full not care. They did a full-length episode.
4: Happening.
0: It was wonderful. yeah. They they
3: did the full-length episode of Bully Ray, just kind of recapping his entire you know slow-motion yep. takeover. And it was brilliant, but they never replayed it or released it on anything, so nobody saw it.
0: That's true. Okay, well, speaking of pulling things apart and factions, going to NXT for a second. Because, as we talked about, I like the slow burn, take a long time, build it, and then eventually it comes apart. Guys, it looks like it might be the end for the Undisputed error. So, um, okay. Sean, Sean Law, any thoughts about finally ripping apart the faction that's run the place for a couple of years now?
1: Man, what a stupid feud with Pad McAfee. <laughs> what are you talking st- about? Stupid goddamn feud. Oh, please. I'll fight you on that one. I, what, well, hey, goes on the show and just gets her at, like, it's, uh, I'm happy because I want to see more Kyle O'Reilly because Kyle O'Reilly, I think, is the real person who's been buried in all this. Yes. Because if anybody's seen Kyle O'Reilly really wrestle, he's a fucking demon one of the hardest hitting matches i've ever seen is kyle o'reilly versus adam cole those two nearly killed each other a couple times and that shit was awesome and kyle o'reilly has also a ton of character and a ton of charisma etc love to see him get i'd like to see more of those guys get the opportunity to shine possibly um because they have O'Reilly in the tag team right now, but I don't think he does his best work as a tag team competitor. I think he's actually better as an um, as a singles competitor, even though he weirdly does most of his work as a red dragon with uh, Bobby Fish. Okay. Oh uh, No, I agree. Um, I also think Kyle O'Reilly is going to be the one that would split up, start – to really show the divide for undisputed era. Uh, I think he even kind of got that this past week um a little bit. It was very kind of behind you saw it in the background. It wasn't when when uh when the when the UE came in and uh jumped uh Drake Maverick, you know, kind of like Kyle was kind of like, yeah, "What are you guys doing?" you know, the, you know. Not that he was holding anyone back, he was just like, you know, there's no need for this. But I think Kyle O'Reilly cuz he was Gone for a little while, probably due to health issues because of everything that's going on. But I think Kyle would be the one, would be the breakout star beyond Cole. Like if Cole left and left for Raw SmackDown, I think O'Reilly on his own could run NXT. I
2: disagree. I think it would be Roddy by far. I think Roddy has no world. I think Roddy has, Roddy, if you watched Survivor Series last year in the match with Shinsuke and AJ. He really held his own in that match, and I can say he's probably the least talented of the three.
1: But have you watched like a ton of Ring of Honor where he's just super bland?
2: He his character is bland, absolutely, and his move. But his moveset has evolved over the last few years. Did you watch the match with Riddle at Takeover Twenty Five? Yeah, which was outstanding. And then his feud with Dream was outstanding before Dream was revealed as rapist. But we'll get to that side of your door there.
1: Uh, But But he just sent pictures.
2: uh, Anyway, um, when it comes to, well, the one thing I'm interested in, and I think it hurts that Carrion Cross got injured, because I think having to put Cole back into the title scene, I think is a little forced. I think Cole should be part of this feud, and I think there's nothing really left to do for the Undisputed Era on NXT. They've been in there for three years now. They've won uh, almost every possible title that you can imagine mm-hmm. in the group. And I think if they weren't if they weren't so comfortable in NXT, and I think a lot of stars like Gargano, Ciampa, and the Undisputed Era are very comfortable where they are. So if they've been asked to call up, I don't know if they want them to call, get called up or if they don't want to be called up. But I think the Undisputed Era... Do need a little bit of a little bit of a shakeup. And if it involves Adam Cole kind of we've seen this little bit of face in the in the McAfee feud, but if it involves Adam Cole kind of turning full-blown face, if it involves Roddy getting more singles matches, and honestly, probably fighting for the title if we get a face champ like Balor after next week's Super Tuesday, uh, it's spectacular. And if it means, again, getting good Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly matches, I'm all for it. It shows a new dimension mm-hmm. of the of the Undisputed Era characters because as popular as they are, without a crowd, there's a little bit of a different vibe
1: to always. them. Always, always. Yeah. In terms of the call-up, though, I think you're not wrong in them being complacent, but it's also like Cesaro Balor went up and fell back down. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you got to be careful. That's why I'm always worried when someone gets called up. Like I said, Keith Lee, you know, the TakeOver, Keith Lee loses the title after a month and a half of having it. So you sit there and you go, okay, this is weird. You know, carrying across is champion. Then you see the promo on SummerSlam, Keith Lee coming to Raw. All right, makes sense. I've never really had a problem with short championship runs in NXT because that's kind of what it was usually about. Give him the title, then move him up. But, um, you know, once Keith Lee made it to Raw, like I said, new music. Vince is trying to hide the fact that he's a big man. Uh, you know, with the new year, which bugs me. Um, my greatest example of of being ruined on the main roster is the Ascension. Um, you know, they were dominant in NXT and they were just garbage on Raw. But, you know, at least the UE has been together for so many years since Brooklyn 3 that it is now time for a breakup. Where sometimes on Raw or SmackDown, you'll get a faction together for a couple of months, and then all of a sudden it has the big divide. Yeah. So at least now it's – like, I'm expecting it any week at this point for the UE to break up.
0: It is time for that. And uh, now we'll go back to what you mentioned. Keith Lee is now on SmackDown. Right. Uh, they brought him up. They re – I don't want to say repackaged. They polished? Is that the right word? No,
1: no, because Keith Lee does not need polishing. No. The f- here's what had- – Go Sean, I even see you there, Sean. I'm sorry. No, it's fine.
3: On, now, yeah, is... my, my phone's about to die, so I have it on the charge. Fair so enough. The uh, <laughs> camera angle was awkward as hell. Um, but um, I don't know. I don't think he's. I don't think he's repackaged. I think they took his indie persona and they were like, yeah, no, we got to WWE slap the crap out of this and just totally change him up. And you know everything that was kind of you know, brought to full focus in NXT is just almost being stripped away. And it's like, you know, this is this is the Vince McMahon version of this guy and that's exactly. what they're gonna do. And like, it sucks that they do that because I understand it from a marketing perspective and stuff, you can sell merch and t-shirts and blah, 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 whatever. And the kids will understand them more or whatever. But if you've made a name for yourself on the scene and then you go to and then you go to NXT and make a dominating force off of that same character, you should be able to still use that character on the main stage.
1: Absolutely. Correct. But you know, the way I see it, you know, being a big guy myself, like it's weird. Like Vince is always trying like he puts t shirts on the bigger guys, mm-hmm. you know, Cassius Ono. Uh, uh, Chris Hero for those again. Oh my god! Um, you know, yeah, he was he was fit, oh, but but he got he got chunky, he got he got heavy, and then he comes back to next scene, he's wearing basketball jerseys. What like, about
3: Owens? Same thing.
1: Well, Ko always has been like even yeah. in, even in Ring of Honor. Well, no,
3: no, no, because he and started always. with the singlet, and then right. he came back with the basketball shorts and the shirt. Yeah. and then went in and thinking that the WWE was a little bit more legit, came back with the singlet, and they were like, yeah, that's not going to work. Here's some basketball shorts and a cut off T-shirt. Do it, you know? Um, but
1: True, true. I, I hear you on that one. But um, I don't know. It, it's, I'm, I'm nervous for Keith Lee, but his match with Orton on Raw, he was doing Keith Lee moves. So I'm like, okay, maybe we sure. got something here. Let's see what happens at payback. Right. Uh, but I'm always nervous when guys get called up. But specifically with Cassius Ohno, he almost had to sue his way back into the WWE. They fired him for not being able to cut weight, but the doctors never gave him a full proper medical exam. He had an actual issue with his metabolism. When he went and got checked by a third-party doctor, he came back and said, I literally can't. Mm-hmm. And they said – and Triple H had to go up to bad form and bring him back in going, no, he's a really good trainer. We want him here. He does a really good job. But that's why he's in NXT UK and NXT and is not on the main roster.
4: I,
3: I actually met Cassius Anno, and I got to be honest, he's one of the biggest douchebags I've ever talked to. It <laughs> really? was sad too because I was a huge fan. Like, you know, I watched him wrestle Samoa Joe like two hours before that at a jersey show. And I'm standing there at the DVD table and he comes over and I'm like, yo, what's going on, man? Got the worst attitude ever. Like, had I had $20 in my hand and waving it over his nose, he probably would have been stoked. But he was a D-bag incarnate, <laughs> man. Like, straight <laughs> up. It was horrible.
1: I, so, I, yeah,
0: don't ever make your heroes because, uh, you oh, know, you're just in the Trust me, I know. Yeah. I think. Okay, then. Um, I was worried. Well, I think,
1: Steve, Steve you got something?
2: Oh, sorry. I do. I think. Uh, I think when Keith Lee had that Survivor Series moment with Roman, I think the WWE was preparing for his main roster debut for a while. So I'm not worried because I think they have big plans for Keith Lee. But the reason why they dropped the music is stupid and ridiculous, and shows how petty the WWE can. Not just because of money, it's because they want to get rid of CFO-produced music, music. Yeah. That is so oh. <laughs> dumb and petty. That was one of the things that got Keith Lee over at NXT in the first place, that theme song. Nice. I, I don't oh. like when the WWE has a vendetta. I don't like when the WWE does stuff because they can say fuck you. Because, because you're messing with a man's career.
1: I don't think it's so much as a fuck you to CFO as it is a financial thing, which is CFO was half in house, so Mm -hmm. they weren't paying out of house royalties at the time, but when CFO leaves, they may have to pay him royalties now on the songs, so they may be culling all of the wrestler CFO themes as time goes on, if they can. Like we may, I wouldn't be surprised if we just see it across the board, anything CFO touched that they'll cut it out of just to not pay money at of house. because that's why they always had producers in house, CFO being one of them.
3: So I got one more thing I need to see I need to say about Keith Lee. I saw a picture on Facebook like two days ago and it was just a road up joke. It said, come this Royal Rumble, I want to see Keith Lee with a full mustache and shave his head, and just throw everybody over the top rope like Uncle Phil did to Jazzy. (laughs) (laughs) And be so down, yeah. Like, just come out as Uncle Phil, just whip everybody over the top rope. Like
0: that one. Yeah, seriously. Transitionable transition a little bit. Entertainment. Uh, To somebody who's doing something different, again, in SmackDown, because of injuries to Xavier Woods. And to Kofi Kingston, Biggie is finally getting the single. boy! That he deserved. Uh, what do we think? Sean, Sean Lawyer had the biggest reaction.
1: My precious boy, my Biggie Langston.
0: <laughs> oh, God, uh, I forgot it was Langston. That yeah. I've been watching
1: Biggie for a fucking while now, man, since NXT. He's a beast. He's an incredible athlete, and I'm so excited to see him go out there. But I'm also now a little worried. It's not the same guy who can do that crazy spear through the middle rope and all the stuff he used to do. His style and what he's adapted to is way more mid card, almost jobber WWE. He hasn't perfected being a main event wrestler, being a singles competitor. He had. I haven't seen him put together a moveset that makes you stop him and go, oh, wow, he's made himself a bit of a comedy shtick. Nothing to him. It's why we love him. It's why I have a, literally New Day slippers on the floor over there. You know, I...
0: Beans, you warm. Beats, you warm. New Day pops.
1: New Day pops. <laughs> yeah. it's We love him, and he does a great job at what he does right now. I am, I'm tempering my hopes a bit in terms of can he rise as quickly to this occasion as it may require? Also, who is he going to be given to work with? Will they be able to get the best out of each other? Because if it's one of those like, oh, it's going to be Biggie and Braun Strowman, good luck, guys.
2: <laughs> oh, God.
1: Well, well, that's
0: just it, Steve. Who do you think they're gonna pair them with? Well,
1: they're starting
2: a feud with the Miz, and I know that they have been kind of almost facing each other, almost on and off, whether it be singles and tag team for most of 2020. I think the storyline that they started building with Miz being on Talking Smack and basically getting into an argument about Biggie's career and saying I did something and took with the ball, and Biggie said no, you didn't. You just got chance after chance and after chance, and eventually right. one of them came up. Uh, I don't like the slow burn with Big E's singles push because I don't know what the end goal of it is. I don't think it would be a Kofi Kingston world title run. And to be completely honest with you, I don't think Kofi Kingston's world title run was anything spectacular. I think it was it had the top of the mountain where he won at WrestleMania. Then he faced KO. Then he faced uh, Samoa Joe in a one-off feud. Then the Orton feud came or it was a little bit of a bump back up and obviously Brock killed it. But I don't think Kofi was setting the world on fire with his reign and he didn't really- They didn't
3: give him a chance. What happened was because of Fox taking over SmackDown, they wanted as close to MMA as they could possibly find as a heavyweight champion. So they smoked the crap out of Kofi for no reason, put the strap back on Brock and he didn't do squat with it. So yeah, that sucked.
1: Well, then Brock immediately left for Raw.
3: He did. So, yeah, but because it didn't yeah. really work. So they think, totally smoked out what was such an incredible WrestleMania moment of him winning, and he could have ran with that until at least SummerSlam. But because of politics and money SummerSlam. and cable companies and all that bullshit, yeah. they lost him.
1: And and look, they, he had a good they, run. They, it went till October. You know, I kind of see him like Jinder Mahal. Like, they kind of – how can I put this politely? <laughs> um, they were just doing it to appease the fans. And uh, I think that's what the run was about. I yes, it know.
3: was. Ginger, one hundred percent was. They were trying to get the WWE over in India, so they slapped the title on Ginger. And
1: uh, yeah, wrong. but I, Kofi, Kofi actually deserved the title. I was just, just going to say, deserved
3: it, and he he took every second that he got with it to keep it. However, they took it. They took it off of him in an
2: extremely BS way. He yes. did, the way they took it off of him was absolutely stupid, but yeah, it was garbage. I don't think he I don't think he set the world on fire, and he was probably going to lose it, whether it be in that type of match or in a very good type of match a month or two down the line. Yeah.
3: Honestly, I think they did it wrong with picking the wrong member of the New Day. Yes, I think Kofi deserves it for everything that he's done over the course of the years. However, I think it should have been Big E initially. Big E should have won the Royal Rumble. Then, showing up on Raw the next night, he should have come out with the New Day, but all of a sudden, he's not joking, he's not talking anymore. He all of a sudden becomes the silent bodyguard that he used to be for Ziggler. (laughs) Then he just goes full determination, gets to WrestleMania, beats Lesnar, then comes out on Raw the next night and celebrates the crap out of it and is a dominating heavyweight champion leading the the most impressive faction in a trio in the company. But they, Should have been done that way. Could have been done that way. Wasn't.
4: But
0: the one thing, if you listen to their podcast, if you listen to them talk, they really seem like they just never want to break this up because they have oh, talked about storylines that were pitched where they could have done things like that, and they said, "No, we we'd rather just do it together." So we're I mean, waiting for
1: them to break you can't
0: up. Blame them. You know, you, it's sort of like okay, we're going to be. Uh, a, a, to go back in time the Freebirds it's always going to be us three it's always
4: going to be together
0: and that'll be that Um, well let's go to something new and weird that has been around for the past couple of weeks on Raw we touched on it earlier Shane McMahon's underground fighting bunker, wherever that may be.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs)
3: Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. I thought the first rule of this was we weren't supposed to talk about it. Oh, wait, wrong. My bad.
0: That's the second rule, right? Sean, what what do you think of it, though? Uh,
3: actually, honestly, I have no idea because I haven't seen I haven't seen Raw or SmackDown or anything since uh, like January ish. So honestly, this is all new to me. So now, me that in. is a long line at Taco Bell. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It yep, <laughs> was, it was. I actually had to make the tacos myself by growing <laughs> the flour, turning it into the tortillas, making sure I had to sun dry it because the electric was out. So you know, it took a long time, but I finally got the perfect burrito. Last Tuesday.
1: There you go. Sean Law looks a little upset at uh, yeah, RAW Underground. I was just
0: gonna say that. What do you got, John?
1: Larry, can you do me a favor for right. my own notification for the audience? Can you clarify what the shit I'm watching? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's clearly an Underground Fight Club that Shane McMahon has started. But but um, is it is it that tournament the one that they did that, no, the that was like the Golden Gloves? Love. No, it, not the Brawl for All. Is, is this a work shoot? It is an absolute work.
4: Yeah. Yes.
1: A hundred percent work. So <laughs> as, as Sean Law gets ready to leave and destroy the internet, um, you, you know, it's again, it's something that's different. Uh, it's a ring with no ropes, uh, no rules, um, and you just kind of just changes, <laughs> sends people in to beat people up. Uh, I think it's just a quick way to get some people noticed. Um, I already missed the dancers. Uh, <laughs> they had, week one, they had like they had women dancing on the stage, and by week two, they were gone. Yep. <laughs> uh, and it was funny. The biggest one to complain that they left was Liv Morgan. Um, but, uh, you know, the, know, this whole underground thing, again, uh, like I said, there's something to it that I'm not going to spoil. There was a line in Bill and Ted that kind of makes me go, all right, let me sit through this. Let's see what happens. Um, but it's just weird. Yeah, it's it's weird because there's no direct interaction with regular Raw um, to the point of just some wrestlers are going on there. Um, it just
0: seems like they're trying to bring out MMA, uh, you know. Yeah. They're bringing in, like, Dolph will go in and wrestle, but he'll wrestle <sighs> the old school way. They'll bring in, you know, and then they'll bring in, like, the Hurt business, Will actually just go in and beat people just up,
1: destroy people, yeah.
0: So, so there's no rhyme or reason for who's the... in there or why they're in there. It, I... It...
1: Go, yeah.
2: I love the fact that they don't interact with each other, though. I like the fact that Raw Underground is its own thing. In fact, I think that week to week they've worked out some of the kinks of each Raw Underground, oh, yeah, and made it better. In fact, I love seeing. Shafir and Duke in that ring and because I think that's their natural element. In a wrestling ring, they didn't really seem to belong in NXT and there Mm -hmm. they can actually shine. However, there's a rumor that they like cut three or four segments off of this week's raw underground that they taped because Vince just immediately tears up the script and is like, rewrite it
1: the night of the show. I
2: know what they usually do that, but I feel I feel like it's been more or less like that a lot. I think they need to give Raw Underground a little more time Agreed. for it to develop. But I don't know with the patience and attention span of especially the WWE universe that they're going to do that.
1: Agreed. Um, you know, two things with Raw Underground. First of all, I'm treating Raw Underground like I treated the Funkadactyl. The first week <laughs> Brodus Clay came out, everyone was like, what the <laughs> shit is this? And by that year's WrestleMania in Miami, I was there, I was in Miami, and God help you, everyone, somebody call my mama, everyone was dancing, breaking the cell phones out. So you never really know if it's going to take off or not. The other thing, though, I didn't like about Raw Underground is that uh, my girl, Brandy Lauren, got the shit kicked out of her. But at least she's being featured on Raw Underground and in the hot tub with uh, the new uh, North American champion. I, so I have a counterpoint to that. Are or the other one? To the Funkadactyls. Oh, okay. Which is Raw Underground is trying to be MMA. Oh, oh absolutely. absolutely. The reason I watch WWE is because it's not MMA. That is the fun of the Funkadactyls. The Funkadactyls would not exist in UFC mm-hmm. or uh, I can't think of any of the other Japanese promotions off the top of my head at the moment. Um,. But that being said, it's not like Bellator is going to have somebody coming out with, like, two dancers <laughs> and, like, doing wacky dances.
3: I wouldn't yeah. put that past Bellator. They've tried some other crazy things.
1: Yeah, Bellator, maybe. UFC, definitely not. But I hear you, uh, Sean Law. I definitely hear what you're talking about. But At least I, it's only the last hour Raw. But that being said, it's... Uh, what I'd like to see more of is... And the thing I'd like to see them take inspiration of is going back to the cinematic stuff is, like, Why not look at DDT? (laughs) DDT, though, is, like, even weirder. Everyone knows what DDT Pro is here? No. Is everyone aware of it? So DDT Pro is over in Japan, and they got hot for, like, a couple of months, a couple of years ago, because they have the, what the hell is that, Iron Man Metal Heavyweight Championship. And Um, WWE stole the idea. He, uh, with the twenty four seven title, yeah. yeah, but with DDT Pro, the matches Joey Ryan for a while was like the champion, like the multi, like the our truth of this title. He defended it in a claymation animation match. He defended right. it in his dream. Um, right. I think a ladder, an actual ladder, an actual won the ladder, title yeah, for a while. So I mean, there was a dog above Candace and beyond. Ray has won
2: that title before? Who? Candice LeRae is one that yes. title
1: before. She's the one that won in the dream. Yep. Joey Ryan fell asleep and Candice LeRae. So it's like, okay. it is. WWE does weird. This was off the page, but it was so over the top. Kind of made sense. Same reason why I was enthralled in a match that involved two invisible superstars fighting yeah. each other yeah. and a table broke. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes the over the top does it. But sometimes I don't. know, It's weird, but, but I hear to what you're me the like. down. Yeah, but that's what I love about wrestling, and that's the thing I always I, seek out, and I'm I looking agree. for more of is like I'm not looking. I, yes, going back to what I said before, which is like Sonya, Shayna Baszler, or and Oscar Bailey. It's like it's great when it has a story and it feels real. In terms of what WWE does, in terms of. Wrestling as a genre, it's dumb. It's fun. It's this weird, crazy circus of rock and roll that I want to be loud and dumb. It's like I don't know in WWE. Could we have gotten Kota Ibushi against El Generico in a match of them in two kayaks going down a river? Like you know, like yeah, exactly. Like what? And this actually happened in Japan. So, oh, it was the best.
0: I'm very say. confused now. Uh, let's <laughs> let's move back to a little more reality and I guess we'll <laughs> finish the show with um, Payback is coming up. Okay. So they've already announced now the, uh, we have a hand up. Uh, let me just... Yeah. I'm sorry, real quick before we
3: announce the topic and everything because I'm sort of in the dark with this. Why is payback a week after SummerSlam?
1: Nobody knows.
3: Does does anybody know? Was that like a scheduling conflict because the covid Was bored! (laughs) (laughs) We have a network, so we're going to slap two pay-per-views one week after the other. All right, no worries.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I honestly have no idea why they're doing this.
0: Okay.
3: I I didn't know if there was a legitimate reason why there was just a week
0: gap between SummerSlam and payback. Uh, well, the championship match is going to be a triple threat. Bray Wyatt, the champion, versus Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns now in a no holds barred match. Sean Law, why don't you tell us how you feel about that?
1: Uh, Roman Reigns versus I, Braun Strowman
0: yeah. versus The Fiend. I'm triple
1: guessing. threat. Um, do you do? I, I think somebody's calling. I got to go. No. <laughs> Somebody uh, called his
4: mama.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so my mom um
1: no nah, it's it's probably going to be adequate. Ooh, that's what we're hoping for. The best
0: adequate Larry you it's adequate. Larry, um, you're more excited maybe. <laughs> uh yeah,
1: you know, um I know I'm definitely excited now that Paul Heyman's involved and yeah. um you know I think this, you know, with Roman being thrown into this, now you have three, though, kind of dominant beasts in the ring. Uh, It's going to be definitely chaotic. But I think somehow Paul Heyman himself is going to steer the ship. And um, I don't know, you know, in the past, Paul Heyman has turned on his clients in title matches. So who knows? I'm not saying there's spoilers. I haven't read anything. I don't know what's going to happen. But it'd be kind of cool if there was another member added to the Heyman camp from this match. Okay. Uh-huh. So it's just going to be hard hitting.
0: Uh, let's going to move on because we've been doing this for a couple of hours. This now. is, we <laughs> joked,
1: this is turning into a WrestleMania length. Uh, this is almost three, yeah, guess, we're yeah. almost
0: hitting a three hour
3: mark, fellas. Nice. We almost nice. did an
0: entire pay-per-view
1: yeah.
3: so
0: far.
1: I know.
3: So
0: uh, let's go real quick now. Uh, Bailey and Sasha are scheduled to, lo- I mean, wrestle. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nia Jax and uh, Shayna Baszler. Uh, Steve,
2: what do you think? Who cares? Honestly, Nia, Nia, wow. anytime Naya is in the ring, wow. it pours the hell out of me. I, I, I think uh, and and I think I think Naya and Shana win and we can get this whole wacky tag team partners who hate each other thing. I've never seen it before in my entire life.
1: Yeah. So, it's totally uh, the bar again. Yeah, it's the female yeah, bar. So
2: whatever. I think it, it at least Shanda is on the pay-per-view. Broke. Uh yeah. so Naya and Shannon.
0: In other words, it's just uh, an end to a means. It's going to take on the Nia Jax versus Shayna Baszler uh, later on, uh, because, uh, like you said, it'll be frenemies, and then they'll split, and then we'll move on with the Golden Role Model. Exactly. It's just furthering storylines.
1: That's basically what it's doing,
0: yeah. Uh, Sean, why don't you talk about Randall Keith Orton <laughs> against Keith Lee? That could be very – actually, I'm not even going to
3: say could. I'm going to say that will be very, very interesting, especially if they give them time to really get it going. Because, again, Keith Lee is one of those, you know, up-and-coming indie guys that really made a name for himself on his own, so much so that the WWE discovered him. Randy Orton, I think, can have a good match with anybody. And, uh, you know, I know other people disagree, but I don't care. And uh, I think the two of them together are going to have a sweet, sweet match. And I cannot forecast who's going to win. So you're saying
0: it's going to be better than adequate?
3: Uh, Yes, yes. I think it will be a little bit more than subpar. Not exactly mind-blowing. But uh, there will be a couple of stars tossed around. Maybe two and a half, possibly three.
2: We'll we'll go with a three three star match. Okay. This is the whole tagline, by the way, for the whole pay per view. Whatever Sean said is the exact <laughs> <laughs> tagline.
0: It's at least three and a half stars. <laughs> it's a half three and a half stars.
3: <laughs> uh, WWE okay. payback. Hey, they tried. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And the match of the night – oh, not not the match of the night, but will pop your eyes out, the Mysterio family against uh, Seth Rollins and Murphy. Who wants to talk about that?
1: I'll take that one. Um, Or at least I'll start off. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, You know, as much as Dominic, he got his feet wet with one-on-one competition, at least in a tag match. They got three people to carry him, and I don't mean that in any disrespect to Dominic, because um, now – and Ray's getting back in the ring for the first time since uh, Extreme Rules, so that's good to see. I think it's just going to be a straight-up tag match. I think it's going to be a good match, and, you know, I guess for and for those of you who are fathers out there, you know, the fact that Ray's finally teaming with his son for the first time, I guess has a little bit of an emotional value to it. I have no kids. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't want to wrestle. Uh, I'm just thinking, I'm like, if my daughter wrestled, would I want to get... Probably not. (laughs) It's a different family thing. And finally, King Corbin will take on Matt Riddle. Uh, Rabinowitz is either giving me the finger or saying he wants to... Oh, (laughs) (laughs) excellent. (laughs) Uh, He's like,
2: ah! I am very looking forward to this match. I am excited. I mean, I've seen Riddle in the ring. He has killed it so far on the main roster. I love I love his gimmick I think he is going to be a star and again as I said before earlier if you're going to go up against a heel that makes you a, a really good face that people like start against Corbin I think Corbin is he is wear the,
3: is he wearing shoes yet
2: no, no he's never going oh. to-
3: Screw that, I'm still not interested. He's gonna break toes.
2: <laughs> but this is going to be a much better match than you expect. Another, another thing for payback. Much better than you would have expected. Much better than
0: you <laughs> expected.
2: It. It's better than adequate. Yay! <laughs>
0: Remember last year's payback? It was pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we could be talking so much more because we have so many things, but we've already gone for over two and a half hours. Uh, One last thing, because Steve mentioned it before we were on the air. Uh, The PWI Top Wrestler of the Year.
2: Steve? Oh, John Moxley. Uh, (laughs) Moxley, with his work in Japan and his work at AEW, has been (laughs) wonderful. I personally think that Adam Cole should have won this award, or you can make a case for number three, La Champion, Chris Jericho who has been pretty much the heart and soul of AEW and is everything he's touched this year has turned into gold. Uh, and then number four being McIntyre. I think any order of that top four, I think would have been perfectly fine. They've all done the best work in the, in wrestling this year.
1: Okay. And uh, for Sean, and Laura, I'll throw out five and six, five is Naito, six is Okada. Um, who, you know, I think this list from last year, really, let's go through the top 10. Seven is Cody. Eight is Rollins. <sighs> nine is Kofi. Uh, and 10 is AJ Styles. Um wow. I feel like AJ's so actually, like... AJ was
3: way higher on the list, like, last year or the year before. I think he was,
1: like, AJ was like three, one. <laughs> AJ wasn't last year well, was three. Yeah, year last year was three. Well. I actually yeah. would drop AJ back like n- nothing against him, but I feel like there's other guys who are doing better, more recent stuff. True. But, I mean, this top 10 isn't... I mean, Kofi, yeah, he had the run with the title last year. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, no, Moxley uh, is number one, Colt two, and Jericho three. Um, yeah, I think those three are definitely interchangeable for 2019. Then next number year, one day. everything will be evil. Yes. <laughs> I so called that whole tournament. I called him winning the title. I was so happy with But the that. turn... The turn. I know we've already gone nine hours. We'll talk about that next time.
0: We're not turning into a new topic (laughs) because.
1: But me and Sean will talk about that later. Exactly. It was fantastic.
0: Sean Radford's already passed out, apparently, because that's his floor. So (laughs) um, we're hoping Sean's still there. But. We want to say thank you to everybody and everybody no, – Oh, Sean's,
4: Sean's
0: gone. New about. Japan, screw this. Now I can say Sean, and we know who you're talking to. Sean, uh, <laughs> do you have anything to plug? I do not. Okay, well, thank you for coming, though. Easy enough. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll go with pickles next.
2: On the sports lines every Thursday night at around 9, nine thirty, 30, circling the drain, obviously – the best show around every Wednesday around seven or seven thirty. Oh. Certain people are <laughs> like, was like,
4: "What the hell is
2: that?" <laughs> more people, the ring crew. Obviously, we'll try to do this more often and look at my yeah, we can, yeah. If I have uh,
0: any, how do we find on the sports lines?
2: That's a very good question. It's YouTube. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> Facebook.com/slash on the sports lines. And YouTube.com/slash-on-the-sports-lines. If you try looking for it, it'll be like the 95,000th hit on YouTube. So,
0: <laughs> so he's doing a good job. Notice for I now. have to pull him to get these plugs out. <laughs> and now a man I know who knows how oh, to Larry. about to it.
1: You got another twelve hours. Um, so, I'm going down. Just a <laughs> <day>. <laughs>
4: uh,
1: You can find me virtually anywhere on social media and uh, online video games at more365, M O H R 365. Uh, check out my multitude of podcasts, um, the, Re- um, the Retro Gamers podcast every Tuesday, which is both audio and video on YouTube. Find it, just search for the Retro Gamers podcast. Um, the Better Half podcast every other Wednesday, the Yin and the Yang podcast every Friday. Talking more wrestling, which I should do more often, but I always put my own stuff to the side because I got my buddies with the other three. And but wait, I've, wait, wait,
0: hold on. I want to say the last time you did a watch along, I forgot what the pay per view was, but that was awesome. I, I, I'm recommending that you do more, was though.
1: it? I, pre- I did it for Mania which I had both nights, which I had yep. a blast. Then I did it for the following pay-per-view, but I may have did it for Money in the Bank. I don't remember. Um, but I, you know what, Ira, I really appreciate that. Uh, Stephen. I appreciate those kind words. And you know what? I think I will. Maybe for the bigger pay-per-views, like Survivor Series, I'll do one. Yep. Um, maybe we can do one. Um, you know, we'll see. Because the Meanie actually sure. did an alternate – the Blue Meanie did an alternate commentary for SummerSlam. Ooh. So – Maybe something Project. that we can look into. But uh, but I appreciate that. And just find me basically just everywhere.
0: <laughs> and Forrest, no, you can't see him. Sean Radford and myself, you can check out on – not on the sports lines. That would be him. <laughs> Ooh, number one. Circling the Drain podcast. And, again, you can find us on Anchor and Google and iTunes and everything. And my favorite one, if you're lazy, and most people are, you can either say – Alexa or Siri, depending upon what you have, play Circling the Drain podcast, and it will just pop up, and you can listen and do nothing. So you need to do all that, and there it goes. Alexa is playing. <laughs> Good job. <Yeah>. Stop. That's
1: <laughs> why I never say those in the promotions. <laughs> See how easy it
0: is, though. Uh, so for the ring crew and our missing partner, charlotte Bradford, whose phone died. <laughs> Thank you very much for being with us, and we're going to try to do this more often. Take care. Yeah. Yeah.